Hey, greetings to the world. Hope everybody's doing good out there. I am still Cam, and this is still the Real Resilience Talk Podcast. Hey, disclaimer up front, we are inspired, motivated, and totally embracing our First Amendment rights. So that's why this thing exists. And if you don't like something, you change it. If you can't change it, you change your attitude. So that's the whole remnants and reasons behind uh, us starting this podcast where we get real, get honest, get candid on the subject of resilience. And what is it? How do we apply it? How do we maintain it? How do we sustain it? You may hear some bad words on here. I hope you hear some good ones too. But again, First Amendment. And you might hear people that happen to be veterans or may even be serving on active duty or reserves or civilians or anything like that. But please know this up front. We do not speak on behalf of any organization or any formal entity. We are just human beings speaking from our perspective, our opinions. Get that, know that, please understand that. So we're going to get into it today. Y'all already heard me what I say what resilience is. I'll go ahead and bore you with it one more time. I just think uh, it's to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward no matter how hard you get hit. Keep moving forward. And like Sam Cooke said so simply in his classic track, keep moving on. That's what it is to me, but today I am... Blessed and highly fortunate to have a great man with me here today. Mr. Matt is here with us on the podcast, and he's going to go ahead and explain who he is, where he's from, and what is resilience to him. So at the gate, how you doing today, man? Hi, pretty good. How are you, Cam? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's, uh, we're on a 96. Anybody who doesn't understand what a 96 is, that's where you get 96 hours of liberty because uh, we had a federal holiday this last weekend with Juneteenth. So we, uh, we're in here on a, a nice, bright Sunday morning. We could be off right now sleeping in. But, uh, you know, nobody's busy at 5.15, so here we are, brother. <laughs> I could be riding my bike, but there it is. we're good. I, I wanted to do this today, so uh, thanks for having me. For sure. Um, let's see. I, I don't know where we really start. Um, uh, my background, I'm originally from Kansas. Kansas. Oh, so well. kind of grew up in the southeast corner near the Panhandle, or uh, the Four Corners, I guess, near Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. So grew up with... Uh, Brother and sister, okay. You know, um, dad and mom kind of got divorced early. Okay. So you know, when I was six, and then mom kind of took a took a took a journey on her own. Um, did she did the, the the old Ben Carson thing? I don't think she was really educated, but hey, I'm gonna tease you guys and make sure you guys get educated. Oh, I got you. Okay. okay. You know, I don't know if you know Carson's story, but uh, his his mother basically graded all his exams and basically were like. No, that's not right. And she had no idea. Get back. Yeah. So not not saying that's exactly the same story, but um, yeah. So I grew up there, um, spent a lot of time in Kansas all the way up until I, I moved to Colorado. So I went to school out in Wichita. Mm-hmm. So I got a scholarship to play baseball um, and also kind of joint scholarship with academics. Um, blessed because of my mom. Yeah. I think, um, and then that kind of took me on a journey. Oh man, I've had 21 years of civilian experience before I came into the Navy. Oh wow! So 21 years on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I got a way different perspective, kind of looking over, and then yeah, it's just all it's kind of all over the board. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Got straight into my degree i guess working for coke industries after that uh, which is a oil and gas conglomerate so mm-hmm. i was actually a surfactant chemist for about five years i don't know what that is but it sounds really cool <laughs> ba- basically what i did was i created the glue that sticks the rocks together that you drive on okay 
okay. right? Or the shingles that have sand put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we basically created an adhesive. So I did that for about five years. Um, because mom really instilled that education piece into me, knowing that it would open more opportunities and more doors, no matter what education I got. Yeah. Um, I, I pursued a master's degree in economics because the company was going to pay for it. Yeah. Just as long as I could get an A, they'd pay in 100%. Wow. 80% for a B, uh, and et cetera. Um, so I'm assuming you got an A? I, I got one B during the whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah, so it wasn't too bad. Um, let's see. Then then, th- then things kind of took a turn, I guess. In 2005, moved down to Tulsa because our company got sold. Okay. But uh, I, that was no pun intended. I just was literally said, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, re- remo- <laughs> yeah. Uprooted, went to Oklahoma for probably three years, and then the uh, economic collapse occurred. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's when things really, for me, kind of took a, a turn. Um, lost my job after 10 years. So basically went in one Monday morning, and they were laying off 1,300 out of the 2,000 employees. Out of 2000. Out of wow. 2000. So wow. the liquidity issue in the, the mortgage industry kind of didn't allow any extra free cash flow to occur. Yeah. And there was fraud going up uh, in the conglomerate. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were worth about $7 billion at the time. Um, and then 1,300 of us were out on the streets that Monday. Wow. So that's when things kind of got really interesting. Mm-hmm. In life, mom had got divorced again after she got remarried and she was living with me. Um, and then I decided that I was just going to follow my passion, move to Colorado, chase a dream to become a professional triathlete. Okay. That got cut short. Um, and then obstacle after obstacle. So just try to figure out a way to, to, to make it. Um, then let's see. And then 2015. I know I'm kind of rambling here. No, no, we got I'm a loving lot, it, man. We got a lot of history, uh, maybe to unpack. But in 2015, went back to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, met my my now wife the year before. She was heading to school as well. So I went back to school. I had to fight my way in. Um, just a lot of obstacles to kind of get in, um, especially at my age, uh, to try to go back. Went back. Finished up another master's degree and then joined the Navy after that. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, and there's a lot of, like, little pieces in – a lot of little stories within its stories. Yeah. Um, coached a lot of athletes over my time in between my journey as a triathlete because that's what I ended up doing as a profession leading up until the Navy. So about 12 years of coaching, um, you know, amateur athletes, recreational athletes, professional athletes. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Um, some cyclists, um, when I was with a, a firm out of Colorado, we, we actually coached the, the Red Wings to increase their VO2. Really? Um, yeah. So like I got Red to Wings see, as in like Detroit? Yeah. Wow. So I got to see a little bit of that. I got to see a little bit of the, the professional cycling, the professional triathlon world, um, and then a little bit of the Olympic Training Center there with a lot of Paralympic athletes. Wow. Yeah, so that that that's really what I was doing before I came in, and really enjoyed the the time there, but needed some change, and I think this was good change. Which a lot of people look at me like you came into the Navy at forty one. What was your what was your thinking on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a young man's world, kind of. Um, but there's grass green. Uh, 
wherever you find it. I don't think it's greener on the other side. No. Right? Because it's always a choice. Um, you can look at it one way or you can look at it another. So, yeah. That's yeah. true. And now I'm here. Wow, man. Wow. That's, that's, that is, um, that's amazing, man. It's just, <laughs> no, that, it just really is to say, like, so Kansas, mom wasn't highly educated or accredited herself, but had a passion for pushing y'all to be y'all's best, right? Which right there focuses resilience, being the best person, possible version of yourself, keep moving forward. And then you just take this path that leads you through, I mean, almost professional sports, training for professional sports, being a, you said surface chemist? A surfactant chemist. Surfactant chemist, I messed it up, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. So I shall push for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I shall push for my transgression. <laughs> And then you're raising the VO2 max for Detroit Red Wings. And I said Red Wings, so Red Wings. And then at 41, you decide, I'm going to go into the Navy. Wow. I know I just probably did a really bad version of the da-na-na, na the recap. But <laughs> that's a hell of a journey, man. Um, I'll just ask you out the gate. What's resilience to you? Pretty much toughness. Um, and being able to separate emotion and logic. And mm. always landing on logic, knowing that emotion's not in control. Mm. Because if you allow emotion to be in control, you typically make wrong decisions. And if you're going to be truly resilient and move forward, and you can reflect. There's always reflection that's needed when you're on the path forward. But the ability to deflect anything that comes at you, to pursue the goals that you, you strive for, no matter yeah. who, who you are, where you're from, you know, whatever diversity throws at you, right? Yeah. Race, economic status, yeah. anything. It's really, what is it going to be for you mm -hmm. with making the right decision? Because the right decision is not always the right decision for you. Okay. Because the opportunities that are in, in, in front of you, no matter how far, whether it's tomorrow, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, even for my case, the decisions that you make on a daily basis will determine where you end up in life. So one, th one thing I say on here a lot of times is um, I quote a great, great Naval service member uh, in, in Jocko Wilnick, a Mustang too. I just want to say that Mustang Mafia, say something. But uh, <laughs> he, he, he says that Rome wouldn't build overnight. And everybody, no. everybody's like, yeah, we know that, right? But Rome also didn't fall apart overnight either. It was a slow decay. So that, like you said, the day-by-day -day actions. And even when you are making these good decisions and you're putting yourself in a good position and what you described and being with, it was the Coke industry, right? Yep. Yep, you were with them, you're doing great things. 2008 comes, there's 2,000 employees. Now 1,300 gotta go bye-bye. Like, that right there, I mean, what, I, what I've called it before is going from hero to zero and, and having to restart. Um, Obviously, you had your credentials, you had your, your background, you had your passion, you had your character, but you had to start over, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was completely starting over after 10 years, no severance, um, with a, a past that was not not an easy struggle, um, to be honest with you. You know, parents divorced when I was seven, six, seven. Um, mom remarried when I was about 12. So, you know, single mother raising three kids that are really close in age um, by herself. Um, you know, she had a little bit of education, but not a formal degree at that point in time. She did get her degree kind of after. I think I 
couple years after I did. Okay. So she kept kind of fighting on her own to try to make her dreams come true. Even though, like, the world was throwing a more or less a shit sandwich yeah. to her, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, let's think we're on this journey with this person, you know, this this individual, and, you know, that that marriage basically decays, and then she's she's raising three kids on her own. So it, it, it wasn't wasn't easy. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of struggles that, that went along with that. My father, um, was really struggling with drugs and addiction and alcohol. Um, so that's why she split off because right. she wanted to make the right decision. This is when you were, you were younger. When I was, re- yeah, when yeah. I was really younger and I didn't really notice it because I didn't see it. Right. Yeah. But I was a product of that. And, you know, I could have looked at life and thought, oh, poor me. Yep. Right. Poor me. My parents got divorced. I, I don't have a, a father figure in my life. Oh, poor me. My my father's father committed suicide. My, you know, uncle committed suicide in my parents' house when I was one. I could have wow. been a product of that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe this is in my genetics. Maybe this is me. You know, all right. all during this time and this, this inflection point in 2008 of, like, you, you think you've made it. Right. <laughs> right. You crawl out of the trailer park and you're just like, okay, mom got us to the school. You know, you use, use sports and academics to, to get your education because we didn't, we didn't have the money yeah. to pay for it. Right, right. Um, and then you get another degree because you took the opportunity, the door that was open. It may not have been the exact door that I wanted to go through. Right. But it was there. Yeah. So I decided, well, eventually I'll get what I want. And I think, you know, the this, this sporting background was was great. That's – I was kind of blessed, I guess, there with a little bit of athleticism to to do that. Um, he's being very humble, folks. This this man, he's being very humble. We do that castle run you all have heard of talk about every week. First week here, he's like, you know, he said he's a little – you know, he's a, he's a little more seasoned, right? And uh, we're like, okay, this guy's coming out here to come out with us. And then, and then he smokes our asses. I didn't even see him. And then he's coming down and kind of gives me dap, like, keep going. And I was like, what the? I usually I try to win this. <laughs> not that day. Not that day. But all right. Sorry. I had to say that. He's being very humble. <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, yeah, there's a whole different story on that living in Colorado. I get my my ass kicked every week. It's that's why I live there, so I could be humbled every day. And um, a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons. Yeah, so I mean, you know, kind of fast forward to 2008, kind of starting over. No, not no, not really sure what to do. I mean, we're in the economic crisis of 2008, 2009, and you know, here I am, a corporate economist at this time, and nobody wants to hire mm-hmm. economist. Um, so, you know, I chased the dream. I, I head out to Colorado, work for a firm as a coach, just try to get by because that's what we've got to do in life because not everybody gets to grow up in the 1%. So you're you know. working in a firm and then coaching on the side? No, I'm kind of working in a coaching firm. Okay, okay, yeah. coaching firm. Okay. So, yeah, I actually worked for CTS at that time, and that's kind of where I was around working with a lot of coaches that worked with a lot of different athletes. Right. Um, so I got to learn – I think – I think from the some of the best coaches in the, in the world, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I mean, you walk down the hall and there's a coach in there with like national medals and world titles and Olympic wow. medals on the wall, and you know, there's a, a slew of other coaches there that had a robust 
you know, physiological background that I, I wanted. Yeah. Like that's what I wanted to do in my undergrad is I wanted to be in medicine and mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to help and assist other people. So you know, you're like, you're in the dream. You're like, wow, I made it. I'm not making any money, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I made it. Right. Right. Um, and I'm living in a great, great location. And then another thing hits the media. Uh, Car- uh, Carmichael's kind of name gets dragged through the mud with Lance Armstrong's drugs. Yeah. And probably six or seven of the coaches that were there is like, we don't want to have anything to do with this. Um, it's going to hurt our career. It's going to hurt our profession. Um, so a lot of us kind of branched out and did our own thing. And that, after about a year, I, I did that. So I you left I, as well. I, I, I left. Yeah. I became an entrepreneur. Um, didn't have any money. Really kind of struggled to to get going, but it was basically that restart. There's a lot of restarts yeah, in my yeah. journey. A lot of just sitting back, thinking, okay, logically, what is the smartest thing right now? Um, and then you just tap all your mentors. Yeah, you know, you tap all your coaches that you've had because you don't have a father. You, you talk to your mother a little bit, but she's not really good at giving adv- right. <laughs> advice. Yeah. Um, she had good spiritual advice because that's where she, her, you know, her bread and background is. Um, and then you just you just keep moving forward the best you can. I keep mean, moving cool. forward. But at any of those points in time, just through this short journey you've told me, um, we talked about it the other day. I had Eric on here, and we were talking about uh, Dr. Edith Eager. She survived uh, Auschwitz and just a whole bunch of just hard challenges, not just concentration camp, but moving forward through her life. Became a doctor at like 50 and so on and so on. But she said that suffering, um, basically suffering is inevitable, but victimhood is optional. And and I hear that throughout your throughout what you've described so far. That at any point, emotionally, which is where we all get caught up as as humans sometimes or a lot of times, you could have just sat there and felt sorry for yourself and had poopy pants and had a pity party and. And like, yep, this is what it is, or or it's a self fulfilling prophecy. I love what you said too about the generational, the genetics. There is generational trauma. I mean, that's that's well documented, and we know that. But it doesn't mean you need to be a generational victim, and you can break the chain, you can break the cycle. I, not to make you brag or anything like that, but as far as so I've heard, undergrad and then three or two or three master's degrees. Two, two. Is anyone else in your family that far educational wise? Uh, my brother. Um my brother was the the father figure in life. I'm about 18 months uh, older than I, so he went off to Tulsa University. Basically, got a full ride there. Yeah, he, got a, he was a 4.0 student. Academics. Academic, full wow. academics. Um, he didn't pursue a master's um, that I know of. I haven't talked to him in about 10 years. Yeah, because life got kind of well, more than that, almost 15 now. Um, life got pretty pretty tough for me for a little bit. So, um, yeah, my sister, I think she just stopped at the master or the, I think she actually pursued a master's, not sure if she completed right. it. Um, but all three of us actually kind of, I like to look at it as we, dr- we kind of got out of that trailer park scenario yeah yeah because yeah. we were we were raised in that we moved all the time right i mean when we were younger i mean i remember you know getting support from the church getting support from friends you know yeah. using the old snap program which yeah. was not whatever it is today yeah yeah back then 
um, we just did whatever we needed. Um, but we did the right thing. I mean, we, uh, we, uh, the two older kids, we avoided a lot of alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Um, sister was pretty young, so she didn't see it on the father's side. Gotcha. So she kind of had a, she's had a journey there. Yeah. But all three of us, I think have become pretty successful. Um, he's an IT, um, he works in IT. Obviously I've had multiple careers and success is dependent on what you define it with internally. Right. So that's a whole that different story. That. Right. I love that you said that. Um, and then my sister was in marketing for a long time. And then of all things, she's in politics now successful. Wow. man. So, I mean, we've all had struggles and journeys, I think along the way. And I think when you, when you talk about, okay, wow, this guy's, oh, so he's done, he's so successful. You brought yeah. him online, you're going to share, share a story. It's just like, well, that, that wasn't always the case. Yes, yes. Right. I mean, right now we're, we're in a good, good wave. We're going to yeah. ride it. Yeah. But mentally you can, you can understand that I've gone through a lot of, a lot of mental battles and struggles. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't pull myself out by myself sometimes. Right. Uh, I reached out to, for support. I mean, think about it. I didn't know that my uncle committed suicide in my parents' house until I was riding my bike across the United States at the age of like 28. Mm. My parents hid that from me. Yeah. No idea. And then you start thinking, wow, well, if this happened to them and this is in my genetics, uh -huh. maybe, maybe I'm meant to have a short life. Yeah. You know, and some of those struggles of like, Oh wow, I just lost my job. What do I do next? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a walk out the door and then move to Colorado. There was a lot of months that went by that I started doubting. I started worrying. I started being concerned. How am I going to make this happen? Um, and then I really just kind of picked myself up with the support of others and, and went out and, and decided that maybe there's an opportunity there. And if there's not, I'm going to back up, go back to the fork and road and go down another road. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was an interesting journey and it's, it's been that away my whole life. It's probably never going to end. No, <laughs> in that, in no. That sense, Cause that's life. That's yeah. the ebb and flow of it. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's, and, and I love that you said you think you made it. Like I talked a lot about that, about never arriving. None of us have ever made it. We have to earn it every day, whatever that it may be. And I love, I also love how you said that success, whatever that means to you, because that is a very subjective, I don't even know what Merriam-Webster's or anybody says it as, but they'll probably change in 20 years, depending on what the flow of, you know, society is or whatever it is. But I tell my coaches, I got it right here in front of me as inspiration for me, for Coach John Wooden, um, number 13 at Purdue, just saying. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a successful, listen to this, folks, this is good. And this, this, is, this is exactly what Matt, and for what you've been describing and what I've seen and knowing you the short time and bodies, success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to become the best of which you are capable. That's it. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I mean, he stated it the best. I mean, you know, I carry one thing with me and I put it in the office. Um, I have an American, or I have an Olympic flag with me. Wow. Right. Is it a participation flag? It's, like, it, like no, not, a, not, no, a, not in the term of participation. I've had trophy, friends that have gone. Yeah. Um, so you know, just just by like, just by living where I lived. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it, it, they're just they're people. 
you yeah. know, they, they have struggles just like us. But they're Olympic athletes and yeah, it's and but they've worked and hard and they've looked at things and they've they've been in that thought process of frustration, um, just like we have. Yeah. But they get out of it quicker mm-hmm. and they move on and they figure out okay, how can I try to find that goal or, or you know that success that I want to I want to make mm-hmm. right. Um, I mean, I've I've had some I've had some interesting like time to reflect too. you know yeah. in 2008 and it's just like when i moved to colorado it's just like it, it didn't happen instantaneous right you know i i struggled i, I went back into try to find a, a few jobs and they just didn't work out mm-hmm. it, it's just it, it's time to cut and run whenever things aren't good and mm-hmm. if things aren't good look for something else yeah because you can um but in 2010, after I was coaching for a little bit, I moved, uh, took a job back in the industry, hated it. Mm-hmm. Money was good, mm-hmm. but life was not. Mm-hmm. So I picked up and I was just like, okay, what am I going to do after another more or less layoff? Mm-hmm. And I was dwindling on cash flow at this point. I, I think I had 600 bucks to my name. Besides retirement, like I was told that I, I, with my econ degree, I was, I learned the financial like lessons of, okay, anything under the umbrella of retirement, don't touch, right? Struggle, try to restart just like you did at 18, just make it happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, got down about 600 bucks to my name. I was living in Florida of all places. This was weird. So I went, I went to Colorado and then I, I was just, I left Colorado because after I, I wanted to get back and I was like, I got to get back to work and start making some money here and this and that. Moved on to Tampa, worked there for like six months and then lost that job. And just things were super tight, uh, really bad. And then I was like, what am I going to do? So I ended up, I was like, I think I had like 1600 bucks to my name, spent a thousand bucks to move back in with my brother. Um, he took care of me for a little while. Um, and then I was just like, this just isn't working. Yeah. Everybody was like, why can't you find a job? Mm-hmm. You can't even job at Walmart. Yeah. Overqualified. Everybody's like lying your resume. Can't do it. Yeah. I, I think lying is not something that I should do. Yeah. You know, I want to be honest with myself. Um, so on a Friday I picked myself up, rode across the United States on my bike just left hold up hold up hold up yep this is a crazy story <laughs> so this is what what year are we in now so we're uh, we're in about this was 2010 so 10 yeah so 08 moved out to colorado spent a year there went down and then yep 2010 so you're in florida yep and you're like i can't even get a job at walmart i couldn't even get a job parking cars i couldn't even get a job being a janitor i applied at probably 150, 200 places, cool. educated, wow, no jobs to be had, at all, at all, and and you know I was just like, well I'm gonna have to break this lease because it's gonna happen there and they're gonna charge me. Yep. Well I just wrote a letter to him and said, listen, I cannot pay this anymore. I need to leave. The best thing for me to do is vacate the building, and then they granted permission for me to break the lease. Because you have to ask. Yeah. You never know what people yeah. are going to say if That's you don't true. ask, right? Um, so I get in with my brother, lived there for like three months. And then things are like mentally going crazy. 
I'm just thinking, wow, maybe, maybe this isn't for me. You know, my brother's putting pressure on me. So Friday, I was just like, I'm leaving on Monday. And I'm gone. Like, I'm, I'm living in Missouri at this time. And I, I called my friend, and she was like, yeah, you can borrow my, my, my Bob trailer, um, which is one of those things you tow behind a bike. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if I can't get saved with my family, and I don't have trust because of the fraud and the company in 08, and then what happened at this other firm, maybe I can find myself out on the road, which is crazy. And this is with a motorcycle? Nope. This is a bicycle. This is a bicycle. So bicycle, starting in Florida. <laughs> nope, starting in Missouri. Starting in Missouri. Okay, my I, bad. I spent about a grand gotcha. to get myself. That's right. You got your grand to move over to Missouri. Yep. So you're there. You got the Bob trailer on a bike. Yep. Wow. Yep, an old Trek 20, uh, 5100 that I still have. So Because I got into, you know, this is 2010, so I got into endurance sports while I was in the company. You know, you know that's what kept me going as an athlete. Um, because I didn't want to stop. I, I saw all, the, all my buddies from college just start getting out of shape, and I was just like, no way. I don't want that for my life. But it was also – so I, I'm, I don't always try to, like, endorse it or whatever, but sports, sports, and education um, are such vessels for so much, so much, right? I, I came into the Marines at 17 with a GED, and – now I got a little bit more certificates than that, but so be it. It is what it is. But, like, you're never going to go wrong with having education. And the thing with the sports is that there's so much principle-based life lessons, you know, because life is pretty soft for us as human beings nowadays. It's probably the safest place. We can say whatever we want to do with watching the news or any kind of tragedies. But if you look at statistics it's, or proportional, like, destruction, we're doing pretty fucking good as human beings. It's a pretty safe place. So we have to, like, synthetically – create those challenges and those struggles and to have them to not wither away because if you don't use it you lose it and that's with any kind of muscle whether it's your muscles in your body or your muscles in your mind so throughout that time of not wanting to get soft you you did this endurance and this is not just like hey i'm gonna just run two or three miles this is you said high endurance right yeah um yeah, I know we've been kind of going all over the place. No, it's been good, it's, and it's the free, <laughs> this is the free flow of it. Because so, I want to set it up for when you talk about this journey across the country on a bike. Uh, yeah, sports for me and challenges, um, whether it be academic or physical, have always been ingrained. Uh, my brother and the, uh, the, the group that we used to run with, our, per se, was um, mostly sports-oriented. I mean, we had a lot of people that f focused either on academics or sports. And my brother's focused uh, primarily on academics after his sporting career kind of ended. Mm -hmm. um, didn't really end. I think it was a choice. Mm -hmm. But um, I focus. I tried to focus on both. Yeah. I was like, I'll be a B-plus student. That's, that's okay with me as long as I can still play, mm -hmm. as long as I can still get something physical. So I, I really enjoyed the physical aspect. So like after college, I just moved into riding bikes, mostly because of injury, injuries. Yeah. Um, and 2001, I think I bought a bike. And next weekend, people, a couple people, I just kind of put myself out there. I was like, I'm looking for people to ride with. And they're like, hey, we're going to ride this 400 mile deal. And like, three days you want to do it yeah i was like 
I don't think that's probably smart, but <laughs> let's let's give it a go. Everybody else is doing it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember buying my bike. See, I was in Wichita at the time. Just got done with school. Had a surgery. I've had nine surgeries, by the way. So, wow. like, you know, I've been on the the bed of like, oh, is this ever going to happen again? Am I ever going to be able to play again? Mm-hmm. Am I ever going to be able to do this again? Or am I ever going to be able to do that again? Um, and it was just don't stop. Don't you, stop. Don't stop. If you stop, that's when life's going to go downhill. Mm. Um, and I get, you know, there's always peaks and there, there's valleys. And I've been in a lot of valleys and I've been on a few peaks. But at that point, I got into to cycling pretty heavy. We did that. We rode from Wichita. Um, or Oklahoma, It was Oklahoma City to to Wichita Falls and back. And we ended up doing that. Damn, and back. Damn. And back. After, <laughs> after we did the Hotter Than Hell 100. So we rode 150 miles, rode 100 miles, and then rode 150 back. Damn. And I think four of us completed it. So at that point, I was in like, I was enamored with just riding yeah. outside, long distances. Just the people you get to see, the the smells, the sounds, just the interactions over the the whole day. And like, you realize that you're doing something that's filling your soul. But along that journey, everybody wants to be a part of your story. Wow. Because once you tell them what you're doing, they're like, oh, how can I help? How can yeah. I help? How can I help? So I think I remembered that in 2010. Um, and I was just like, well, things are tough. I can't find a job. What am I going to do here? I can't sit in my mind and just live in emotion all the time. Mm. I need to get out and do something. Right? A lot, emotion was taken over 100%. Like, I was in the mental, like, doldrums of life. I mean, it was, okay, you've had two suicides in your, in your history with your father's side. Your father's out of the picture. Your, your brother's willing to help. But now your brother's kind of at the point where, like, I'm tired of helping. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're not picking yourself up, right? Which I thought I was because I was applying for jobs. I was doing all these types of things. And then I was just like, I got to get out of here for a bit. I got to get in a good headspace. Yeah. Right. Because we got to change all the time. If you're not in a great place mentally, make a choice to change it. Yeah. Don't sit in there. Um, to sit in it and dwell and, and what, what the definition of insanity, right? Like yeah. you keep repeating the same exact, like if you're doing the same things, folks, like a lot of people I hear, they'll be like, I just want to be happy. And I just want these to happen. Well, like you can't keep doing the same things or associating with the same people or even in the same environment. Again, we all don't have, always have control over that. Right. Cause some, there is a trap thing. And I, I love what you said about getting out of the trailer park or I was actually talking to my spouse, my wife yesterday about just sometimes you just got to remove yourself from the environment of where you're at to get out of that mentality to kind of see things differently, be around different sounds, different people, different influence. It doesn't mean they're better people or worse people or, you know, nobody's trying to sound snobby here, but it's to be around different influences and to say, if I don't change these things, nothing's going to change in the results. And if you don't like something, folks, you hear me say it all the time, to quote my Angelou, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. So what Matt's talking about right here is hitting these reset points, as you called it, and then saying, I got to change some shit. But to the point of saying, I'm gonna get on a bike and ride from Missouri to you rode to what you just. So I rode from yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> my my plan was to ride from Missouri to Astoria, back to the East Coast. So Astoria, uh, Oregon, um, back to the East Coast, and then back to Missouri. My plan was to do it twice. 
Um, ended up getting to Astoria, rode down the West Coast. I think when I was in Colorado, one of my old colleagues said, this is crazy. You're, you're never going to make it back. Yeah. Why don't I fly you back so you can start and get back to Missouri so you don't have to do it once? Yeah. I was like, well, if you're going to fly me from the West Coast to the East Coast, at least fly me out of San Diego so I rode down the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, there's – when you, it, it, you, it's a good point when you're talking about just moving – mindsets i didn't always have the the arrows in my quiver of Mm -hmm. of skills to really get myself out of those places mentally i used to sit in them all the time yeah i I mean yeah i'm very ocd with some things especially with athletics and just being fixated on things and not being able to really get out of that mindset and moving on Um, it's taken me a long time to figure that so, it, you know, if, if listeners on this are in that journey of like, well, how do you do that? It's just like you got to have activation energy to change where you are, whether to get up, get out, find help or get out and just find life again. It, it takes a lot of activation energy, activation energy. Right. You got to coin that. I've never heard of that. I can't. That that's from thing? chemistry. Oh, so. snap. That's from chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm so. telling on myself, folks. <laughs> so, so activation energy. But in this context. Yeah. Yeah. But in this context, if you think about it, we all will fall back into that emotional trap. But we have to set traps for ourselves to keep ourselves out of those. Oh, gotcha. Right. So boundaries and barriers. Yeah, and we, we have to. Because especially if someone deals with, you know, mental struggles or you know suicidal ideations um or like substance abuse anything that if it's a negative in your life you can set a trap to keep yourself to divert yourself and and stay out of it Mm. right but it's a choice you can put those in and you can play them and you have to play them to the t you have to walk the straight and narrow because if you don't society will typically want to suck you back in yeah. Your friends will want to bring you back to some habits that eh, maybe you shouldn't be doing uh, and these types of things. So, you know, it's it was a struggle. I mean, we're looking at, you know, I'm 44 now. I've been dealing with that probably since seven, since my parents wow. divorced, right? So, you know, some of that was me, a ton of reading, um, you know, Psycho-Cybernetics was a book that I was told to read in 2010 by Maltz, which is a psychologist in the 1960s that really dived, dove into, like, the separation between logic and emotion, right? I love emotion. Right. I mean, I love the, the poster that you put on the door, and it's got frowny face and a smiley face and, like, frustration. Yeah, yeah. But our society wants us to live in this world of happiness all the time. That's not real. <laughs> and it's not real. It's not real. Right? I mean, life is set up to be challenging. Yeah. It is not easy for individuals with multi-million dollar accounts. Mm. And it's not easy with people that have zero money. Yeah. That is not success. Right? Success is where you hang your hat that fills your soul. And I fill my soul doing the things that I love to do. And I love to push my fel- myself physically because I can get some reward from that. That's true. Internal, you know, drugs are created yeah, that allow me seriously, to, you yeah. know, stay sane. Um, 
so I love to do that. I love to get out, ride my bike, and do these types of things. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, the activation energy to get me out and to say, I'm out of here. I've been in this headspace for three and a half months. I've been up in this room just looking at videos or listening to music or just thinking bad thoughts. Mm -hmm. I found the energy for one Friday to say, you know what, I'm going to ride across the country and this is, this is what I'm going to do. But you did it. You did it. There's an action. There's an action that took place. And, and a lot of times we want to wait for, well, you know, I'm going to do that when I feel like it. And that's yours. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've had a cup of tea here uh, sitting here for like 30 minutes just right next to him, and I didn't even tell him it was his. It's all it's brewed up. It's ready, it's ready to go. <laughs> it is seeped, my friend, like a motherfucker. Um, but we want to, you're never going to feel like it. That's, at least that's what I've seen true for me. I know everybody's different, but I never wake up and be like, you know what I feel like? Like some days, some days, but if I only depending on those days to when I'm going to move my ass, well, there's not going to be that many of those days. And, and sometimes the, we, we, we want action to follow mood, but mood follows action. The mood is going to follow the action. Once you put that action into place, that's when you will enhance the mood. And we talk about these substances and we talk about the return and these internal drugs that, guess what, you know, these drugs are not like handing you dopamine. They're just activating things in your brain to release certain things. So it's in there already. And one, one thing about substances especially is, or any kind of negative destructive habits, and we've talked about this before. I heard Dr. Andrew Huberman talk about this, that if you have a short-term investment and a high reward, or the, or the reward is more significant than the investment of energy that puts into it, let's say taking a pill, let's say drinking a drink, let's say a sex addiction, let's say gambling, I'm gonna keep going, I can keep going. There's a short-term investment on your part of effort and energy, right? Because everything you just said about these reset moments, it's like, but Matt, that's uncomfortable. I don't, that's, that's not, com I wanna sit here and I wanna wallow in this, and there is time to reflect, and I'm glad you said that, but to what point do we, are we now in reflect, and then dwelling, and then now we're just in misery forever? And, and, and it's almost as though, and again, things happen to us and nobody's blaming you, nobody's victim blaming, but the mentality to say that I'm a victim and woe is me, that's a choice. That's a choice. And, uh, and trauma's real and sometimes we're so impaired that we can't make the right logical decision because our emotions play such a heavy toll, but we can't just use that as a scapegoat and as a, as a card to play because it's uncomfortable. But if we don't like what's happening, we have to change the actions that's leading into it don't know what that means for you that's called the journey of life but this man just got innovative and was like i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that or like when you were six did you know what cycling was like professionally you know what i mean you you evolve to these things but if we fail to evolve we become extinct like dinosaurs or floppy disks the floppy disks are archived because we use them as a save icon so <laughs> they're still alive folks they're still alive i know i went everywhere right there i put the high definition in adhd but it's also a sign of intelligence to overthink things and to analyze things and to, to want to break them down. I, I mean, if you were not intelligent, you if we weren't intelligent beings, because last time I checked, I haven't seen too many bugs walking around depressed. I mean, they're just focused on that next thing. So all of these great things that give us all these emotions, and all, it's a good thing, but it's a double-edged sword at the same time. You can get caught up in that shit and get trapped, get trapped in it and stuck. And there's somebody listening out there, and I've been there before, and it sounds like you've been there too, Matt. No, oh, yeah. Where you just get stuck. And you got to get your ass out of there. Yeah, it's yeah. The pause moments in life are good, but they're good to plan. Yeah, right. Yeah, because you should stay in a loop of plan, action, and hope. And plan, the plan, action, hope. The plan should be short. It should be short 
and the action should be where you live because that's where life's made, right? Um, you know, you said something just a little bit about being uncomfortable. Yes. Right. Life is about being uncomfortable or being un- comfortable, trying to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. Because if you can't become comfortable while uncomfortable, you're going to miss life, 100%. Because life is not easy. Life is going to throw you challenges that you have to deal with. And you, that, and you have to think about it this way. And you have to think about it differently. Well, maybe these moments are why I need to learn, you know, are lessons that, I, that are going to provide. Or maybe these situations are going to provide a lesson that I need. Yeah, you said that at one point. You were yeah, yeah. One I of struggles. Kinda, no, no, no. You're speaking yeah. at one of the struggles where you stopped. You said, like, like what is this teaching me or, or what is the lesson here? So are you saying, and I'm being sarcastic on purpose, that there may be obstacle in the op, like there may be an opportunity in the obstacle? Get the fuck out of here! It's breaking news, everyone. 100. percent I mean, you know, a lot of mentors. I can't, I can't pin it to who it was, but it's just kind of like, I, I, and it may be, it may be in my mother um, that I had a gift in life, and if I spend all the time dwelling in thought of negativity those gifts are not going to be able to be given Mm -hmm. to others oh man that's i love that because that that puts the pressure on you um to go external and and you're you're robbing the world of what that's your mother tell you that yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful she's not like an awesome resilient woman to be going through those struggles so she was around when your your uncle uh took his own life and obviously had to watch your father struggle through substances and then has three children that are all you said 18 months apart pretty much right yeah you, me and my brother and then my sister's about four four years younger than me so pretty but close. all all young children at the time and then being like okay i gotta go fit foe i gotta go figure this the fuck out yep and somehow give them a, the life that we wanted to give them but now it's just me having to having to give them and then pushing y'all to be your best, which is, you said your brother's in IT and highly educated and 4.0 average academic scholarship. Your sister's yeah. successful now, and look at you here. And that's just amazing. That's that's a testament to resilience right there. Just your mother getting there and not ever sitting back saying "woe is me" and giving up. Um, which I'm sure she's had her low points too, because she's a human being, right? Oh, she still struggles with yeah. it. Yeah, everybody, right. everybody struggles. But what's the result? Yeah, I mean it's. I wouldn't believe, I, I mean, it took me a long time to get here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I joined the Navy at 41, coming as an officer. Which is wow. Like, wow, to, to even think like, hey, you know what I'm going to do today? Not only drive my bike across <laughs> the goddamn country and back and forth. And did, did the San Diego thing, did you ever get the flight? Or did you? Did so you? I got the flight, yeah. yeah. So if we want <laughs> I just had to find I out. I know, like, we're all over the board. Um, yeah, so we can go back to the, yeah, let's go back to the ride. So. Yeah, so I left on a Monday, um, worked went my way across the country and learned a, a lot of a lot of lessons in life. I was out on the road for 7,500 miles in 101 days, basically gumping it across the United States. Right? <laughs> gumping it, gumping it. But when you gump it, like Gump had those awesome Nikes, right? Uh, those those Nike Twerk Tesla's or whatever they were. Those, but. Did you have like flat tires and like 
had to change some inner tubes and shit like that too. Like, like forty three flats. Forty three flats, and you were just with your your you had your carriage, right? Your, yeah, your, your my Bob. Bob yeah, your Bob? me and me and Bob were going across the country. <laughs> So yeah, is there AAA for bicycles? <laughs> the, there are. I think if you have insurance, but I I was broke. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of kind of crazy. Um, just to kind of th- because that's a whole long story. Just to give you an idea of where I slept, I slept in the the ditches with homeless, uh, you know. And then I met some people in Montana that allowed me to stay at their place in L.A. So I saw the the I saw poverty at its best, mm-hmm. and I saw wealth at its best when I took this trip. So, wow. um, and what I mean by that is I had a lot of conversations with with homeless people, um, low income, middle income, high income, uh, along this journey. I got to see it all. And I started getting revived from the depths that I was in based on the people. Because the people in the United States were pretty amazing. I think that's why I'm here today, to, uh, to serve. I, I think that's what, 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 I just say my calling, but maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because you, I'm 41, who joins the Navy? Um, so I, I, I got to experience a lot of that. And what I mean by that is just kind of like the success that I found within myself wasn't based on money anymore because obviously when I was in the corporate world, that was the thing. It was just like, get out of school, do this. This is the family or this is the American dream. You get a family, you get a house, you get the job, obviously probably in the reverse order, the job, the house, the family. Right, right. Right. Um, But that wasn't necessarily the case because I saw, I saw a lot of negativity with, with a lot of wealth and as far as financial wealth, Mm-hmm. when I went out across the United States. Um, so I enjoyed it. I rode about 100 miles a day, um, but I got across. And, it, and I'll, I'll remember it forever because of that book that I just mentioned. That was recommended to me by a billionaire. Dang. I met a billionaire when I was riding across the United States because I did something kind. I opened the door for his wife at this small little restaurant in Wisdom, Montana. They went in. And they were like, hey, want to have lunch or want to have breakfast with us? So I was just like, sure. I've got nothing else to do. I'm yeah. just riding my bike. I'm a leaf in the wind. I'm going wherever opportunities take me today. Have a conversation with him. Uh, find out that he did a lot of business with Charles Koch. Mm-hmm. And where did I work? Right. Before I was laid off. Koch Industries. A little connection. Yeah. Didn't see where it was going. Upon departure, he gave me his business card and said, hey, if you're ever in L.A., I want you to look us up. We'll put you up. I was like, now i got a reason to go to L.A. Yeah. I'm on my bicycle. Big deal. I can make this happen. So I headed south after Astoria. I get down to the L.A. area, reach out, and it's like, hey, I'm going to be in the area in the next couple days. Are you guys going to be around? They're like, no, delay yourself a day, and we'll be there. So I pulled in. I, I, I Sound like I'm in a car, but I yeah I, I, I pedal up. Put his cake stand. Pedal up to this grocery store. They pick me up, and they're you know obviously they're wanting me to sh- they're wanting to show me a little bit of what their life's all about. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, this is wealth beyond wealth. This is stuff I I, I saw on television 
yeah. when I was watching 90210, like at a right, friend's right. house growing up, right? Yeah. You're just kind of like, whoa, they got that and they got this. I went in there um, one night. I stayed there two nights, three days, I think. Um, the next day they're like, hey, um, do you have any clothes that are nice? I was like, no, this is all I've got in my bag. This yeah. is it. I've got like 25 pounds worth of gear and um, no nice clothes. So I borrowed this old man's clothes. Uh, his name's Carl. Super awesome guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I learned a lot from them. They take me to the Beverly Hills Country Club for lunch. Holy shit. In L.A. Wow. And I'm like, where the where am I? Yeah. I just had lunch on a picnic table and I was satisfied with life. And here I am with these wealthy people mm -hmm. at one of the most expensive country clubs in the country. Yeah. And I'm like, just soaking it in because I didn't have really any context of what's going on right now. Did you play your smartphone to a selfie or anything or just I, like world star or anything? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> nope, no selfie. This was kind of before social media, before me anyway. Um, I didn't take any photos. Um, we had lunch there. We hung out the rest of the afternoon. We went to the Bel Air Bay Club that afternoon too, which is another really nice country club on the beach because the other one's like a golf course. The Beverly Hills Country Club was like a golf course and then and we went to their little beach place and I was like, these people are wealthy. And they had a little park party that evening. Um, and I was there, you know, having ridden myself halfway across the country and down the West coast, got these crazy stories that like, I'm in the action. I'm not planning it. I'm not hoping about it. I'm like in it. I'm yeah. just observing life. Um, and only a couple people talked to me that night, like truly sit back and talk to me. Uh -huh. Like as a human being, there's cordial, like, Hey, how you doing? And then in and out. Um, and I just kept observing. And then I stay there that night. The next day we, we go back to the country club or the Bel Air Bay club for lunch, skip lunch that day. They get mad at me. They're like, Oh, we know you don't get any money. Why don't you ask for, for, for lunch? I'm like, I'm kind of content. I don't have, I don't need anything right now. Yeah. So I stay one more night and then I leave. Um, just soaked it all in. It was just went by like a flash. And the lady, her, her name was Cookie. She asked me, and she's just like, you're, you're not normal. <laughs> the myth of normal. What she, is normal she, anyway? She, I, yeah, exactly. She's like, usually people that we've helped like this, they typically ask for us for something. And yeah. I was just like, well, ma'am, I don't need anything. Yeah. I have everything that I need right, right here, right now. Oh, man. I am in I am a leaf and I am just floating through life and this is great I'm just observing it material things I put but put behind me I don't need I, I love to do the physical stuff I I, I, I kind of need that um, but that's just life and then I just get in on air all right get up back on my bike head down to San Diego and catch a flight to the East Coast and then ride back to Missouri and tons of like interactions with human beings across the country again from the poorest of the poor to the wealthiest of the wealthy and most of the stories that i remember from that of life lessons that changed my life that changed my life completely i was the relationships that i built with those people they gave me hope again wow. to plan the next chapter in my life but i learned that material wealth 
isn't going to give me happiness mm. at all because I saw it. Yeah. You know how many miserable people I saw at the Beverly Hills Country Club and the Bel Air Bay Club that day? They, they had more money than you could think about, but they were not happy. Yeah. Their son was mad at their mother for helping me. Really? I, I the blew, one, blew my mind. This so guy's, you were the one that you were staying with? Yeah. Yeah. Blew my mind. This guy's driving around in a brand new Audi. Mm -hmm. His parents probably bought him a little condo up in Pacific Palisades. Yeah. And they got a place out in the desert. They're all driving around fancy cars, tons of money. Yeah. Which, you know, kudos to them. I, whatever yeah, right. they did, right? Yeah. That's, that's good for them. But I can tell you right now, I felt happier than they were at that moment. And they had everything right there at their expense. And I had nothing Yeah. besides like the opportunities that were in front of me. And that's what I was looking forward to. Wow. And I left and I kept in touch. Mm -hmm. and, and Carl's just like, listen, this is the book that changed my life. Let's hear it again. What was the name so of that book? So Psycho-Cybernetics by Maltz. Psycho-Cybernetics. And at that point, I was able to really look at logic and use all the education that I had acquired, which I, I think education is, is the opportunity that unlocked all these avenues for me. Um, and, as, and also being able to put that emotion in the trap and, and not really sitting in it for a long time. So... Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Um, that trip, I learned a lot. And then I remember reflecting for about a week, um, not being in a rush because society is always in a rush. My next thing, my next thing, my next thing, my next thing. Yeah, I'm just like, nah, be a little patient. Yeah. And I thought about it and I was like, what is the most important thing in life? And I was like, well, I can't take any of that stuff with me. If there is an afterlife, relationships are the only thing I'll have. So I might as well forge the strongest everlasting relationships that I possibly could and mm. see how that allows me to be successful. Wow. Wow. Man, I hope people are, are hearing this. Um, this is definitely gonna be something I'm gonna listen to again. Uh, I'm not an artist to hear myself, but some of the guests we have on here, I just want to hear it again, what they say, because it takes you a few times to listen. And sometimes you're not always tuned in, right? But wow, that is, relationships relationships with people man um it means so much uh there's, there's one thing i've said on here before mgc mgc times two right at a friend of mine mentor of mine jenna tang she said make good choices she said that shit to everybody you're like yeah duh, make good choices but like really it's it's what you were talking about earlier about like action by action make good choices logical ones like what's not just a fused up by emotion. Sometimes they'll align. That's cool. But more times than not, you're, you're right to go with the emotion, to set the emotion aside and go with the logic. But the other part of it is move, which is exactly what you did. This was crazy because this is why I got to say it because yeah. it's funny. We meet and you check in and, and here we are. <laughs> it's, it's really like some aligning of something um, bigger than probably, yeah, just MGC. I say MGC times two. The first part is make good choices. The second part is move. If you're in a shitty moment, move. Gratitude. You got something to be thankful for. You know, in the ancient times, they say if we all put our fucking, we're in the middle of a basketball court, we all put our problems to the center of the court, to center court right there. 
by the end of everybody else pushing their shit in, most of the time is we're all going to be like, you know what, let me get my shit back. Let, let me get my problems back right quick, right? Right? Um, so gratitude. We all have something to be grateful for. But the third one is, the third one is, and I think this is the most important, and you could do this too, you know, we're in a, a very innovative time. Y'all are hearing me right now, thanks to technology that we have, hearing this conversation, but it's connect. MGC. Move, gratitude, connect. And I put so much on connect because that's the community. That's the like it or not, we're all we got. That's that one team, one fight, that sympathia. Like human beings can't do shit by themselves. It just doesn't happen. Now there might be some deities, there might be some things that move through us and, and we're propelled and mentors and stuff like that, but like face value, we can't do anything by ourselves. And and to 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 go on that journey, that up, that down, all those valleys and the few peaks. And then they come to the conclusion that relationships, it's, it's just, I didn't pay him to be on here or to say that. I'm just saying it just reinforces so much, um, so much. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, so, I think. Thank well, you for that. Oh, no problem. I mean, I've been here in Japan for what? four and a half weeks yeah no, yeah no we just met four yeah. <laughs> we just met a few weeks ago yeah yeah so no it's just this is this is just life yeah. right i mean i don't know what avenues are going to open um in the future and you know for those that are you know that are out there that are, that are struggling with you know things just take a deep breath figure out what you want to act on and then act upon it yeah. because it's just like life has so many different amazing opportunities out there for you um that you may not even know because yeah. you know you were like did you did you even know what a bicycle was or cycling right. was when i was seven yes i had no idea yeah i had no idea but i tried a new thing tried a new thing yes i got out there i met some new people and maybe they weren't my type of people right, because right. You, you you hear that all the time too yeah um i don't want to get involved i don't really like those people i made those comments yeah. when i was younger right i was an athlete i wanted to just be around the athletes mm -hmm. well then i became more of an academic and mm -hmm. i saw and i looked at the world really from a holistic point of view you know some people may say it's well-rounded but i just looked at them for who they are and kind of how how could i help them or how could they help me yeah right not really wanting an exchange of like not a utilitarian yeah, sense right yeah but yeah yeah exactly yeah so it's, it, but it's, it's a hundred percent that plan, act, hope, repeat, rinse, repeat, because you're <laughs> going to have to do over. it over and over and over again. Yes. You know, my mother's like 66, still struggling yeah. with mental stuff. I mean, she did get remarried. That marriage was good for about 16 years. Um, that's a hell of a four about that's 16 years. That's, that's a good chapter. And then she's back on her own at 60 something. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, imagine. Yeah. Right, you never know what's going to get thrown at you, and I think the more resilient that you become, the more obstacles that you're going to be able to tackle that come, that maybe get hard. Yeah, right. I, I think life's supposed to throw a lot of obstacles at us. Yes, because education is something that you know we should be using on a daily basis. And it's not just book or literary or, yeah, or academic oh. it's it's the education of life that you probably just got a master's in in shit human behavior just doing that journey i i <laughs> probably think doctorates almost shit one the united states is a beautiful place two the american people are beautiful people but three if if i had a child and i we're, we're not having children for some you know we're just not yeah. um it's just not on cards and but if i did 
I would encourage them to do the exact same trip, ride their bike across the United States, um, see the United States from an economic standpoint. Yeah. See, see the individuals that are extremely wealthy on the West Coast that not, not all are happy. Right. But also look at the individuals that are in the Virginia-Kentucky border that are miners yeah. that are covered in soot that are just smiling ear to ear yep. because they have more gratitude yeah. and they're looking at life differently yeah. because it's all about a choice. Yeah. If we wake up every morning and we look at the light, look at the day and say, well, this is going to be a terrible day. Well, you just set the tone, mm. change mm. the tone, get out and, and, and play the music you want to hear. Oh man. I, that's, that's fucking good right there. Play the music you want to hear. Right. I mean, it's, when I get down, I go on a bike ride. Yeah. Even when I'm not down, I go on a bike ride well because I like to ride my bike. But right. I get to see so many different things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think human, the human race has changed to now we're using technology. We're sitting in the same space. We're looking at the same stuff. We're staring at the same stupid screens. When the best graphics are no graphics. Mm. And if we get out and see the world, like all our ancestors did when they migrated from food source to water source to food source to shelter, we could actually make a difference. Because we are not supposed to be just idle all the time. No. that's that's. I'm, I'm so glad you said that, and I just want to echo that again, man. We are not meant to be idle. And I love that you said the nine surgeries, and I've had a, a host of myself. And I, I, this expression really helps me, and is that... You don't stop playing because you get old. You get old, folks, because you stop playing. Now, I don't know what that is. Somebody might have just thought of basketball. Somebody just might have thought of cycling. Somebody might have just thought about playing cards professionally. I don't know what it is. But you don't perish or, or those skills don't become perished because of they rust out or they wear out. They rust out. That's why. And I think it was uh, I was actually listening to something the other day, but talking about Teddy Roosevelt and how he said that in life, you either rust out or you wear out. And he said, I'd rather wear out. Yeah. Like, and, and that was a guy that if we look at his story of resilience, like physically, he was like he 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 could have just been in a wheelchair and felt sorry for himself. But he didn't like he like trained like before like gyms and all that kind of stuff was. And then obviously all of the journeys he went on and then getting shot in the middle of the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, just and then what I love too about him, just to go ahead and name drop some more on Teddy Roosevelt is um, complaining without a solution. Stating a problem without a solution is called whining. That's called whining. Stating a problem without a solution is called whining. So that's part of that pa. That's what I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna remember this forever. This this conversation. Keyword pa. I gave you another acronym here. Plan, act, hope. Pa. Over and over and over again. Um, so do all that. Right. Um, I just want to follow the timeline here. So you do the journey across the country. You went through the coaching thing. You tried entrepreneurship. Um, obviously, the, the struggle yeah. still. Also, in the same time, though, remember this too. In the back of your mind, playing on a loop is not. Am I good enough? But you know, when you hit those those valleys, you know, am I like they are? Whatever the, your they is, everybody has a they in their family or in their past, right? Am I going to be just like them or whatever like that? But it seems like before you got to a point of no return or a point of what we'd say in like the color codes of red to where now you're, you're mentally impaired to where you might think of taking a serious action against yourself or someone else or something. You said, oh, fuck this. Got to reset. Got to go do something. And it seems like every time you moved, 
out of that situation in some way you took action and you just went and you went with confidence and really nothing to have confidence in but just like we're gonna see where this goes and finding the opportunities and the obstacles and seeing all of these people from all over the country which more or less we all want the same things and it doesn't matter what your your demographics are whether it, it doesn't matter all the things you can't control how you look how you talk uh, where you're from what you look like what you you know what to this point in time what you've been raised to believe in all these things are things we cannot control but pretty much we all just you know kind of want the same things you have all these epiphanies you get this doctorates basically and you collect the doctorates in human behavior and then 41 said i want to join the navy i know I, I probably just skipped over a few years there but what was what happened there in the middle oh man in the middle so yeah so i got done with the ride 2010 um obviously i'd worked at that coaching firm right before that mm -hmm. and then basically was still wanting to coach because there's i started creating i was like wow this coaching online thing will work mm -hmm. so you know there's there I, I go back and look at my tax returns and i think there was years so i was making like seven grand a year i was like but i was making it happen making it happen folks making it happen. I was making it happen and i was like well seven grand is definitely below the like lower class line yeah that's for sure i, I think so yeah. yeah i think so i think so <laughs> um and that's no diss that's just saying what it is it's just numbers yeah. that's just math so i was yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things in between. I mean, I didn't really care uh, about the monetary stuff. I just want to see uh, myself happy doing the things that I love to do. and um, But not happy all the time because that can't happen, right? Oh, you can't. I mean, it's Let's just, just like, reiterate that, folks. Yeah, Let's yeah, reiterate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and that, that goes back to the poster, right, with all those different expressions of emotions. I feel right? like a three. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, though, you have to sit in those emotions a little bit, right? Okay. Because that's who we are. Yeah. But you can't sit in them all the time, yeah. right? It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be a little bit depressed. It's it's okay to be something, but that's not that's not what defines you. Thank you for cleaning that up, because I don't. I, I definitely don't want to put the message off that like as soon as something happens, run away from it. I'm gonna go run right now. You know, like sometimes you gotta clear your mind, put yourself in a different headspace, but at the same time. The, and we had the doctor. We had a doctor on here the other day that was talking about that when you avoid it, you make the trauma or the the the, the pain even worse. So you do have to do exactly what you're saying. I said do do. <laughs> you do have to do do. Uh, you you do have to actually sit in it, reflect. But there's a line, and where you have to like, okay, now this is becoming its own trap in itself. Yep. If I sit in this too long. Yeah. Right? Well stated. Yeah. It's it's you know, and I've learned those lessons, and it took me a long time because. You know, I've had different things in my head. Well, wh wh what if I could have been this? What if mm. I could have done that? What, what if I would have been this? What if I would have, you know, because I wanted to be a professional athlete. Yeah. I mean, that was it. Like, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work out. Yeah. Right. But eventually, professional athletes have to go back to work. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, they do. Even even the most successful ones have businesses on the signs. They find something to keep their mind busy. So that's that's what I did. Um, you know, I. I ran the coaching company for a little while, uh, had some good years, had some bad years. Um, you know, did a marketing stunt in 2014, rode across the country again, just to see what it was like. <laughs> see if anything changed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did the Southern Tier on a fixed gear bike um, and did it in 21 days. Across the country, 21 days? Mm-hmm. From yeah. where was the starting point? So that was in Encinitas, California to uh -huh. St. Augustine. And then I spent seven days riding down 
to Florida. Um, and it was, it was again, one of those, maybe it'll, maybe it'll help me make money. Maybe it won't. Strava yeah. was starting to get big. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I logged like thousand mile weeks during that month because I was just like, might as well try it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, might as well try it. Being open-minded and trying right, something y'all. Right. So, um, yeah, so I did that in, in 2014, or 2000, uh, yeah, 2014. So in between, what did I do? I mean, as a coach, you don't make much money, so you just try to f- figure it out. Worked at some bike shops along the journey. Um, during college, when I went back in 2015, um, had my econ background, so I kept studying, got a Series 65 in financial planning, worked at a tax firm, um, and then really didn't like that was still, you know, searching for that place where the puzzle piece fit. Yeah. Right. In life, where am I going to feel the most content? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm there. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Life's always going to just change, but I feel there right now. I love the job that I'm in, but it took a long time to get there. Right. And I think the reason why it took a long time was because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Some people may be younger and they get the lessons of life at a really young age, but I happen to get them at a little bit older age yeah. because I did spend a lot of time in emotion and a lot of time in thought of just combating the obstacles that were thrown in front of me mm-hmm. instead of m- looking at the obstacle, figuring out how to go around the obstacle, go through the obstacle, throw the obstacle on my back, carry it with me, to make the change that I wanted to make in life. Yeah. Right. So my wife and I, or my girlfriend at the time, wife now, I was just like, you know, this job looks really cool. I could be a, I could be an aerospace and operational physiologist in the Navy. I want to instruct. That's what I wanted. That's why I went back to school for. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, So I was just like, let's put in the application and see what happens. Right. And if I get it, let's do it. Because it's a journey. It's, an, it's, it's another adventure in life. Um, I, had nothing, I had nothing in my mind of, like, what it was going to be like on the other side of the military world. I don't think many of us do. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, oh, wow. Um, let, let's try it. Maybe the grass is green there. Maybe it's not. But It's again, always going to be green where you water it, though. It's green where you water it. Unless right. it's fake grass because some people have those lawns. But, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, it's, it's still fake grass. Um. So nine surgeries put me in a position of waivers. Of course. Right? <laughs> so I kept asking the questions. This is, I kept asking the questions. Listen, this is, you know, what do I need to do to get in? This is something I really want to try. This is something I really want to, like, have. Because let's face it, when I was 18, I was either going to school to play ball or I was going to, I thought I was probably going into the Army. Mm. Because that's what a lot of people did in Kansas. Like yeah. You joined some type of service, some type of branch, if you didn't go to school. Because it was a way out of that little town. That's right. Right. Um, so I was just, I always had that that bug, I think, to, to go back and serve. And then after you get to see the United States by bike, learn about the people and what you can do for them. Man, that's beautiful. It all kind of came and coalesced into this. Yep, at 41, they're going to let you in. I want to protect and defend these people and yeah. their way of life, whatever that may be. But yeah. they're able to live it. And that's 
that is a thing. I mean, we we live in times, and I'm not. I don't ever want to make this a political show or, or get into it. But we we are in a time where there's a lot of um, the world's falling apart. And I love what Aziz Ansari said. Like he he said in one of his comedy specials, he was like, you know, the shit's really hit the fan. And that's what everybody says right now. And he's like, well, if you look at the fan in our history of America and or the history of the world, it's never really been a shitless fan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's always been something. But there, there is some, there is some great humans and there's some great people. And, and we, I, hey, we got some things to work on, of course, right? We're always a work in progress as a nation. We're planning, acting, and hoping every day. I hope. Um, but this is definitely worth defending, and I, I'd argue it's worth dying for because. Um, it's just a beautiful thing when people are allowed to do what they what they feel they want to do. And all of those things, all of those struggles, there was definitely some some confines or some shackles that could have been placed on you if you'd have trapped yourself in life. But through it all, you had that free will to be able to make the choice that you saw was best. And that, to me, for someone else, man, that that's when you reach that when you do reach that point of those those small epiphanies in life, and they come. They come and they go and they're like, oh, shit, I got to figure this shit out again. You know, those moments of clarity. It, to be able to find that the way you wanted to find it, um, not the system, not the state forced us to find it, not, not some rule made us to find it, but you found it based off of you wanting to. That's a beautiful thing. And, like, again, that's worth dying for, in my opinion. And these, you know, we're not all perfect. And I don't agree with all, every single American. And that's what kind of makes it beautiful because I can say that and I get stoned for it. But... It's worth defending, and and that external service and and in providing for others is a beautiful thing. And and then for anyone listening out there who may be um, contemplating service in an organized form or fashion, and this is never a recruiting thing, but man, I wouldn't be where I'm at without it. And there's a lot of other people that wouldn't. A lot of those people you spoke to and alluded to to get out. Um, it is a gateway to be able to meet a lot of interesting people and have a lot of interesting experiences. Look what I'm sitting across the table from right now and going and seeking to serve and that's two individuals coming together which wow man thinking about some people are like i can't never join because i got this or i got that you joined at 41 you said after nine surgeries yep how'd that how, like how'd that process go how was meps <laughs> shitty <laughs> um to be yeah it was it was pretty shitty to be honest with you um one I listened to my recruiter. Yeah. Because on the medical side, he was just like, "Listen, we, you're you're not eligible." Yeah. Straight out the gate, you. you not eligible. Not eligible. Not eligible. So uneligible to join, um, based on physical stuff. Well, that's what I thought. Uh huh. Right. Um, and that's what they initially thought. Um, but I don't think that was necessarily the case. Um, you know. 41, the cutoff was 42 on the medical side. Okay. Right. So we started diving into my history. We started looking at, you know, every single thing. Uh, my medical book is probably two inches thick, and, and I put it in front of them, and I hid nothing whatsoever. I went through, and I was like, listen, I've had this. I've had this TBI. I've had this. Yeah. We need to look at this. And most of them are all sports-related injuries. Right. I mean, I've had nine of them. Um, and I was like, listen, I could go into your PRT right now and ace it. I, I went back to school after a, I had a bike crash and I've had like numerous like run-ins with a wall when I was playing college baseball. Um, so I had some TBIs, but I documented everything. Yeah. 
and my my recruiter was just like okay perfect i think we got a great package let's put it in see what happens mm -hmm. and they came up with like i needed a couple waivers for a shoulder surgery and that was it wow so it was it was a two almost a two-year process going back and forth with meps um to to put a a legit application in that wouldn't meet you know any red flags as far as you know ineligible whenever the, you know the first response oh you've had nine surgeries you're not going to be eligible yeah well i just kept asking the questions well is that true mm -hmm. because i've heard that that may not be the case mm -hmm. I, I could you relook at this they got it in front of the whole medical scene and they looked at it and they're like yeah this guy's actually eligible that's without awesome. without this one waiver, but like similar to the letter you wrote to the landlord out in in Florida, yeah, in Florida, you don't know until you ask, yeah, and until you're open minded enough and have the courage to ask. So just take that as a little a feather in your cap, folks, a lesson right there to put in your toolbox. Just ask and try the system. Don't just look at like face value. The recruiter, the expert at joining people, was like, hell no, you ain't nah, this ain't gonna work. But you asked and you tried and it worked out. Well, it was, I had to talk to two recruiters locally just to find a medical recruiter because they had no idea what the job was. I mean, there's uh -huh. only like a hundred people in the, in the Navy that are physiologists. Uh -huh. So it, it was such a small little niche organization that, you know, I just kept asking them questions. I was like, this is something I'd really like to do. Can we look into it? And it was like walking up to that door that's locked and mm. then you're in the dark, but on the floor, all these keys and you're just searching what key unlocks this door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in like two and a half years of being One of them's here, door, I know it. <laughs> you find a key and it lock, unlocks and you open it up and you're like, there it is. You know, that, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, because it was a struggle. It's like, this is something I really want to do. You know, I, I looked, at, looked at the Air Force program and I looked at this program. Um, and I wanted to, wanted to be on the Navy side because that was a lot more operational yeah experience there's a lot more opportunity to to learn environmental physiology and that, that's kind of that's kind of what i wanted to do and that's kind of what we we do in addition to many 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 other hats yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 you always gotta wear some collaterals right yeah <laughs> true that's so cool yeah what, what we were talking about recently this isn't to butter you up i was talking with one of our uh our colleagues and i was like what is it about this freaking job man you know because the person that was in the seat before you was just this amazing human being. Oh, and I was like, I don't know if we can ever was. find somebody as, as good as her. Like she was like literally the queen of the mountain. Like I forgot what they call it, but she's beast. Like, and, and I love it because you know, a lot of Marines and stuff, the old Navy soft and dude, I'm like, <laughs> you ain't met her. <laughs> you ain't met Jenny. Right. And then, then you come along and I'm like, what the fuck man? Like what, <laughs> what, where do they find these superhumans at? Like I thought the, the the Navy just had these in like Navy SEALs and stuff like that, but special operators. And then apparently in this, I can't even say the full definition of the job. <laughs> Y'all got some amazing people in that job, man. Oh, Is it like some character background assessments that they have to do or something? Cause it's like physically fit, mentally fit, knowing themselves, just back to back, amazing people in one job, but of the same exact military occupational specialty. Um, so it's just it's crazy. Is that a is that a common thread across? I mean, I know you probably don't want to talk bad about your peers and stuff like that, but are are a lot of the people in this in this niche fields? Yeah, nothing nothing to talk bad about my peers. To be That's honest amazing. With you. I mean, there's there's 
Last time I checked, there's about a hundred of us, uh, give or take. There's, so there's the few of the few of the few of the few of the proud. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing people. To be honest with you, I mean, as far as human beings, like there's individuals that came in in their late 30s, early 30s, you know, right out of school. Yeah. There's lateral transfers. I mean, there's there's been some, and there are not past tense are there's some amazing people like awesome. jenny's jenny's amazing yeah right i mean boss lady yeah boss i mean i'm still trying to hold hold my own at 44 and like these these i would i don't want to call them kids but the individuals in their late 20s early yeah, the you know, mid 20s yeah. like yeah. to try to try to hold my own i've got a lot to prove to myself every day and that yeah. goes back to that flag i carry right yeah because a lot of Olympic athletes, they're in the pursuit of excellence, knowing that there's no excellence, they can be the best they want to be at that age. Ooh. That's what I shoot for. Wow. Right. I wanted to be the best 12-year-old I could be. There you go. I wanted to be the best 19-year-old you know, baseball player that I could be. But there now that go. I'm 44, I want to be the best husband, the best naval officer, the best MSC community, best AOP community but also the best human being I could possibly be in this moment. And if I can't do that on a daily basis, I, I'm probably should move on. Yeah. Because now being in the Navy officer position, it's my job to lead. It's my job to step up to the table and, and, and basically put myself out there, whether it be vulnerable because we are humans or if we get that, that stigma, which I don't like because I want to be just, in the crowd, yeah, um, you know, doing extraordinary things, even though we're doing ordinary things, um, definitely want to try to take the challenge on. Yeah. Right. Because you don't know if you're going to be able to do it. Right. I, I mean, I, 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 we change jobs every three years and I look at different Literally. people and I'm like, yeah. well, as they, are, are they figuring it out? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. They're still figuring it out. I'm yeah. still figuring it out. Let's work together. Yes, together to move forward because we've we've all got different missions that we have to accomplish. It's no different on the outside. You know, I get a lot of kids come up to me like, "Why did you join the Navy at 41? Mm -hmm. I've been in for one tour and I'm ready to get out." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Well, look down at your feet, wherever you plant your roots, wherever you decide to make a stand, and find yourself, whether it be on this side or that, you'll find success." Mm. Right. And it's it, it's all about choices. choices. Right? I made the choices to come in. The people in my community are just unbelievable with the choices that they've made to give them the persona that were extraordinary. We always consider ourselves ordinary. Mm -hmm. When you get around extraordinary people. They they bring you up. That's true. Right. They challenge you. Um, I've been challenged in this or in this organization in the last three years. I've grown. There's people that I butted heads with. I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Yeah. And all of a sudden, that was a lesson that I needed. Yeah. Because I thought I was somewhere where I was not, and I took a few steps back with the help of their constructive criticism, or their guidance, or their mentorship to allow me actually to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, I I'm very stubborn. I was very stubborn at a young age. That's what I think delayed. Um, me getting to some place that would deem successful in society, even though I see success differently. Right. Um, but if I allow those individuals to give me 
what they needed to give me, I can be extraordinary like Jenny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. Like, I don't know. It's a different canvas for everybody. But I'm looking forward to all the, all the challenges that come. Um, I know we were getting on a lot of tangents today. No, I love it's it. Early. And it's this, early. No, but this is, the, <laughs> this is the beauty of this free-flowing conversation. And this is why I wanted to do this with you because I've had a few people come like, hey, man, y'all need to talk. And then you hit me up um, just because it's, it's, it's so reassuring to see. And for anybody else out there listening, but just for me to see somebody else who's embracing the struggles, the challenges as they come and being like, okay, what can I get from this? What can I learn from this? Okay, this shit ain't it. And you got to switch it up, hit a change step in life. And that's that's just how life is. But to see somebody go through it, go through the fires and come out the other side and go, eh, yeah, I'm still figuring it out. And to be humble about that is, is very reassuring for all of us. But he didn't get there by sulking. He didn't get there by um, using any kind of victim cards. Now, again, being a victim of something is real. I'm not trying to downplay that. Being hurt, being... Um, violated or, or assaulted or any of those things those things are real but to stay in it the rest of your life and to be a victim of it this is a victor that we're sitting in front of right now you're a victor you've chosen to take these things and use them as strengths and try to grow from them and that is much easier said than done but one of the coolest things i think i mean you said a lot of good things but it, it brings back to something i always try to reiterate to all of our people because you know uh, we always don't have the, the coolest of jobs sometimes or the coolest of tasks. Like you said, from looking at it from the outside and then being in, it's like, oh, snap. You know, we see the recruiting commercials and we see, like, you know, jumping out of planes and all this craziness and stuff like that. That's not the day-to-day. That's, that's not always the day-to-day. But I love that you said, well, I'm going to be the best this. I'm going to be the best 12-year-old. I'm going to be the best of this. And, and one of the things that in my shop and I, we talk a lot about is being street sweepers. And that goes to a not-so-famous speech that I'm trying to make famous. I'm trying to make it famous for him in his, in his afterlife. But um, Dr. King, six months before he was assassinated, talked to a, a Barrett Junior High School in Philadelphia and spoke to these young, young kids, and he told them the, these following words. And, and this is exactly in line with what you say. And this is what I try to remember all the time when we get these little tasks that sometimes it's like, what? I want to do this? I'm going to be the... I'm going to be the best bagger I am today. I'm going to be the best, you know, uh, inventory guy in the, in, the, in the world today. But he said this. This is old school talk for if it happens to find out. But if you've lived in trailer parks, you know what lot means because you pay lot rent. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. lot means if, if you find yourself in this situation. So he says, if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper. If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a shrub in the valley, but be the best little shrub on the side of the hill. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. That's what he said. And, and I, I know he's very famous for a lot of other speeches. Um, but that right there, is, it, it, it just resonates. And, and obviously another part, of talking about resilience he says the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy that's when we show who we are it's it's easy to be you know this is a comfortable convenient moment for us we're reflecting it's it's good and that's not to take away or dismiss anything but in that next time that you're on whatever said mile race or you're in that challenge or that struggle of a task that you don't want to do or you're disagreeing with somebody 
It's like, okay, this is what all the training's for. This is what all of it's for. It's leading up to this moment. So that's why if you see right here, this is on my little journal. I, my daughter drew this broom for me, and I eventually get a tattoo, but I try to keep my broom at the ready. You know, it's not a weapon. It's not, it's not, let me keep my, 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 my Rambo knife or my M16 or my nine millimeter or whatever it is, or my six hour or whatever. No, keep my broom at the ready because there's always going to be some street to sweep. And that's a metaphor, obviously. But sometimes in life, we just got to embrace being the best 12 year old, being the best friggin' mechanic, being the best wrench turner, being the best whatever that is, because that's what you've been set forth to do. And to back to your mother's point, that might be setting you up to be able to share your gift, whatever that may be, with somebody else. And as somebody else who's also very stubborn, I'm talking about mothers, my mother grew I grew up my whole life being told I was stubborn. And it's true, and I own it, and, and, I, and I'm very stubborn. Um, but I've, I've become less stubborn over the years and more open-minded to things. That has helped me, this is just me, find different outlets and find different avenues of expression of stress release of healthy outlets which is one thing we always try to talk about on here but i wouldn't have found them if i'd have stayed stubborn and and focused on just what i knew at the time so i say that as a lesson to, to anybody out there to take this man's example um there's many a times along the way where you could have sat and just said what was me world fucked me over 2008 crisis or my dad left my dad's not here you know, death by suicide runs in my family. Substance abuse runs in my family. My mother's single mother, single parent. I'm going to feel sorry for my fucking self. Oh, I got injuries. Can't be an athlete. Now I'm just going to not be nothing in life. But you found a purpose and a sense of meaning in other things and other ways, but ultimately in service and in relationships. And I think that is just such a lesson for all of us to listen to. And it's a journey. This is not a short thing. This is not going to happen overnight. It's a day by day, brick by brick, action by action, making good choices, and they add up to something, right? And if you don't like the way the fuck they're adding up right now, forgive my language, but change it. Change it. Do something. Do something different. Um, but I just, I think it's so cool that you could, what's really cool is that we don't always get to see because we join so young. We don't get to always see all the people that we do protect and defend. And I think that was one of the coolest parts about what you just shared was that you got to see the highs, the lows, the high class, the low class, the middle class, the everybody else sleeping. Literally, like, you were homeless too, technically, right? You, I mean, you weren't bikeless, but um, <laughs> you had a bike. Yeah. But you're out there with everyone from Beverly Hills, from Bel Air, country clubs, to ditches. And that's just, um, that's, that's cool. Was there any moments in there where you're just like, on that journey where like, the fuck am I doing? Even though there was some contentment, I'm sure, but it was like, dude, this is, what am I doing? I don't think so. That's beautiful. Um, That's so cool. To be honest with you. I mean, there, there might have been, but I was taking in such new stuff and moving, like, and learning and growing and thinking about, like, what I'd gone through and where I'm going and not even knowing where you're, what's next, right? I mean, yeah. you can think about it, but then it's just like, well, that'd be good. But then you don't act on it, so maybe it's just a thought. I mean, mm -hmm. we get thousands of thoughts every single day, and we don't act on, you know, 99% of them. Some of those are good ones not to act on, folks. Don't, don't act on <laughs> which all which of them. Are, which are good. <laughs> Keeping right? it real can't go wrong, as right. you've seen on the Chappelle show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chappelle does say it pretty Keeping it real well. goes wrong. Um, but I was so engaged with the moment that – 
the past wasn't really a thought of what was going to affect my future. Yeah. There was time obviously to reflect, but you know, there's, there's, there's a movie that was really impactful. It's also a book. It's called the peaceful warrior. Um, I, I can't think of the author right now, but it's, it, it's a story about an Olympic athlete that shatters their leg as a gymnast and they try to fight themselves back to competition sh- shape to be able to go out and fight basically and and not necessarily fight in that way but just try to fight for success and that that book and that movie allowed me to like sit in the moment to split emotion and logic because i was really stubborn in a sense that i would really be all about emotion yeah right but being in the moment on that trip didn't really allow me those thoughts to be honest with you too busy going on to the next thing or too busy like I was surviving. I was really, um, to quote a busker, that I was just enjoying the moment. To mm. be honest with you, I mm. was in, I was enjoying the enjoying the process of travel. Wow. And and soaking in life and looking at things differently because when we're in our heads, we think about the way life should be. Right. Should, yeah. Oh wow! This why is it like this? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but if you're under the age of 100, you should never be thinking like that. You should be looking at the way differently because there's 360 degrees on a compass. And if you're looking at life that way, you're only looking at that in one degree. There's 359 other ways to look at this. And if you haven't looked at more than 150 or all, all of them, you really should think about the way you're looking at life because being in the moment and seeing things differently, it's going to occur, right? I mean, Cam, you see things differently than I do. Mm-hmm. You got experiences, you've got different family experiences, you got different military experiences than me. We're going to look at something. We can walk into this, you know, open this door, look on the other side, and something brand new looks at us. And you're going to take in and see something completely 180 degrees, right? True. But being in the moment allowed me to really look and pause and say, okay, I'm not going to make decisions emotionally until I start looking at things 20 degrees or more, and then I'll really make the decision. Does it take time and it take pause and like, okay, I'm going to move a little bit slower? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. We move so slow as a human race when we are migrating across the country looking for that shelter and food. But we are inundated with information that is just absolutely crazy this day. I mean, this day and age, whenever we get flooded with all this information, how do you make the right choice? Yeah. How do you get educated on this? Well, they, this person, I trust this person, but they told me that, but that's wrong, right? Well, look at it. I mean, you shouldn't give your opinion on a book until you read 100 books on the same topic. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, historically speaking, if a, if a history teacher, teacher is going to walk in, they're not going to regurgitate what they read on social media the day before mm-hmm. and say, well, this is the way it is. No, that individual is going to take all that information in, conceptualize it, look at it, compare it, and then formulate their own opinion about the subject. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that with just one interaction. No, you can't. Right? You yeah. can't judge people with one interaction. No. You gotta take 360 degrees of you, which maybe it's 360 times with that individual. 
um, before you make an opinion about anything. Yeah. And I think that's what helped me stay out of that historical view of like, oh, poor me. Oh, my mom. Oh, my, she's struggling. My brother's, oh, he's successful. Why am I not successful? Mm -hmm. Why did this guy go pro and I didn't go pro? Why did I get this injury and that guy not? Um, you know, but it all comes back to kind of like absorbing the moment, enjoying where you are, because where we are is probably where we're supposed to be. That's deep right there. That's that's hard to accept sometimes, and it's hard to want to wrestle with. But that is, I mean, if you're on, in the Bel Air Country Club, maybe that's like, yep, I'm where I'm supposed to be. But there's also times where you're gonna be in a ditch. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not a fan of this, but I'll tell you, that, like, riding across Kansas, I think it was probably my first weekend. I'm I'm riding right on the side of the road just like in the middle of the prairie most beautiful scenery being from kansas i love the open nature a little bias folks a little bias yes yeah. there's there's like one flat so there's like one tree right uh -huh. next to me and i hear this where are you where are you going <laughs> i'm like I, I turn and look i'm like oh how long you been there guy perks up and goes just trying to get some shade man right, how long you been out on the road Oh, I've been out on the road for about 50 days. How about you? Only about a week. Guy's sitting right next to me, enjoying a little smoke. And I was just like, you mind if I have a moment and just sit down? Yeah. So I sit and I go, what are you doing today? And he was just like, man, brother, I just ride shade to shade. Shade to shade. shade to shade. There's no shade out here, man. I go, how long are you going to go today? He's like, maybe 10 miles. <laughs> I was just like, he was just enjoying the day. And he, he, just, he just rooted me in that moment. And I, I remember it's such a vivid moment of like the sun rising or the sun setting out on one side. And like there was this train track, freshly cut harvest. And I was just enjoying every bit of it. I mean, you could hear the metal larks. You could hear the. You could just hear the wind crossing the prairie, and then this guy is just telling me a story, and I was just like, "Yep, I'm just gonna soak it in." Um, so that guy reiterated that story of the peaceful warrior of like, "Listen, you just gotta live in the moment." Mm. You know, get down to San Francisco. Yeah. The guy gives me his, you know, his telephone. Mm -hmm. Reconnect, hang out for like three days in San Francisco with this guy. That same guy. Same guy. He, he found some shade. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shade just, to shade. He finally made it home wow. on his journey. Um, but it was just moments like that where you just kind of like, oh, yeah, I am truly a leaf in the wind. The wind could take me this way. It could take me that way. It could rain. could be here for a bit until I dry out. And then I'll get up and I'll flow and I'll just keep moving through life. And I think that was what really, like, you know, gave me the confidence to be like whatever obstacle that comes in my way in the future i'll be able to really tackle and it may suck yeah you know it may suck i mean pros and cons like talking about job like coming from this side 21 years on that side there's no side that's better y'all heard that y'all heard that so that so don't let the don't let the green grass fool you <laughs> you keep Don't singing it, Kim. <laughs> it changed your mind. That's the cadence that we sing sometimes. Okay. And, and it's not to brainwash people to keep them in or anything like that, but it's just like, don't let the green grass fool you. Don't let it change your mind. Like, it's it, grass is always going to be green where you water it. So you're talking about a man, 21 years of experience on the outside of it, and then he's inside of it. 
and he's saying, hey, it's the same same rules to the game, same same rules to the game, and it's it's not much yeah. different. It's where you water it. I mean, we're not blessed to be financially independent. If we were, we wouldn't be here unless we really wanted to serve. Yeah. Right. A lot of people in the the other side, they wouldn't be working unless they were that one one percent of one percent. Yeah. Right. Everybody is going to be doing something for money throughout their whole life. Right. It's just the name of the game. It's just it's just part of life, right? Unless yeah. you do it smart. I mean I I give a lot back and I'd like to teach a lot of the financial stuff with my econ background. And I, I did a lot of teaching while I was up at Whitby uh, on that topic. So you just keep that in mind. It's just like choices you make in life financially will determine your future, right? Where you spend your time determines your future. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, that's it. it. Whether it's in a bad habit, well, guess what? You're going to be in a bad habit. If you want to make the change to get into something better, well, where you spend your time de- determines your future. So, you know, after that trip, I just been, I decided that I'm not going to spend time in negativity and in the mindset of, no, oh, poor me. I wonder what my uncle is going to be like. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I wonder how my father's doing. Right. Right. My father's a janitor, by the way. So when you think about pushing the broom. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's it. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just part of it. And if that's what you're meant to be, be the best you can possibly be at that. So. You know, I, I don't know. Life is, life's a challenge, man. You know, put somebody in your ballpark that can help stand you up. Mm. Right. You know, I, I mean, my, when I met my wife in 2014, um, we didn't get married um, until 2020. I think we were together for like six years. Um, and I think she was eager to get married. And I was like, nope, you got student debt. Get rid of that, and we can get married. Which, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. But I'd already gone down that road, right? So it's just like lessons in life I didn't want to have to repeat right? in a way. so. But once I put her in my ballpark um, and on my team, I mean, things got, things got easier. That's right? wonderful. Right? That's, and it's, that's what it's about at that team. And there's, there's own challenges that come along with being trying to share life with somebody else. Yeah. But that, that company you keep, um, you know, I think on our very first episode, we had uh, Devontae on here, and he had said that, uh, was it bad company corrupts good character? Or something to that effect. It sounded like some old ancient shit, but it was really good. But basically, be careful with who you're calling a friend and who you're keeping in your ballpark. Um, That doesn't mean you have to act like you're better than anybody or or whatever, but a healthy distance from some folks may may be what's needed. and we don't know what we don't know. I try to emphasize that so much because I did not know what I didn't know. And I had vices and I had outlets that I just had only seen. Um, that's not to blame anybody else. It's just to say that's what I knew and that's what I was accustomed to. But you can, you can embrace and find new things um, to put your time and effort into. And like the man said, if you want to determine your future, look at what you're doing right now and where are you putting your time at right now. So that's just something to think about. And when can you change that? When can you alter that? When can you enhance that? Right now. Right this second. You can be like, you know what? No more of this. No more of that. I'm switching this up, whatever it may be. Um, and I'm going to try something new. Uh, it's it, it just you can't keep repeating the same actions in the same setting with the same people and expect a different result it's just not going to happen it's literally insanity so just 
just to f I reiterate these things because I know as humans we forget stuff. So I learned from Zig Ziglar a long time ago, reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. And like a great mentor of mine, Christopher Masio said, if you ain't said it in 60 days, you ain't said it at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good. so you got to kind of remind yourself and, and we, we forgetful. And I mean, you're right. We're so over inundated with so much information. Right. And then everyone else's highlight reel which is real as in R-E-E-L, not R-E-A-L. <laughs> and it, it <clears throat> comparison is the thief of joy. I, I think they attribute that quote to Jefferson, but um, comparison is the thief of joy to sit there and go, why am I not successful? I'm a brother. What are you doing? What are you doing? Am I doing the best that I can? Because that might just be the position in the platform that, that propels you or gives you the position to be there for somebody else. I don't know, but I love that your mom said that, that if you don't tap into that gift, you're robbing the world of it, essentially, is what I, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I, no, 100%. I don't know if that was the exact quote, but you know, if, if you don't tap into your full potential, folks, it doesn't just obviously screw over you because you didn't reach your full potential, but who along the way are you leaving out that that could have been, I don't know, inspired, helped or something. Because I say it again, human beings can't do nothing by themselves. We do it along with the help and the aid of others or the inspiration of others of working through others. So you you, you over there half-assing it and slacking right now might be holding back somebody else and you don't even realize who that somebody else is. So just think about that. If nothing else, you probably ain't setting a good example. You might just be making somebody else be just as shitty as you are. So think about that. I don't know. But find a reason to, to be a reason and be reasonable and logical in that pursuit because the emotions, uh, they can mislead us. And they usually pass, too, like, you know, like clouds in the sky. Now, if they don't, you probably need to talk to somebody and, and, and you sit in that muck too long. And there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, we said it uh, last week about a wellness omelet. <laughs> Dude said I should make a teacher of this shit. But I was like, it's never just like the exercise or I talked to the chaplain or I got my money right or then I started waking up early and I started paying attention to my nutrition and I, oh, I got my spiritual side pretty, pretty much better now and my relationships. Like it's, no, it's not just one of those things, but as Americans, especially as modern humans on this planet, we want now, like Ronnie Chang, shout out to Ronnie Chang's uh, special on Netflix, fucking hilarious, so true. <laughs> He's like, I want Prime now. I want Prime now. Two-day delivery, fuck that. Same-day delivery, I want Prime now. I want you to put the food in my mouth right right now. He also said that who would have thought having access to all of the world's information would have made us so fucking stupid. <laughs> Forgive my language. Don't want to offend anybody. But honestly, like it's something to really think about. Like We have all this access to so much information, but I don't know if we're always getting smarter. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with that. I yeah. mean, I think... I don't think we've capped our intellect, but I think we're not focusing on the right things. So, and, and everything's important. Yeah. And if everything's important, nothing is, right? True. True. I mean, well, I think we rush into things. I think if we step back and we think about things, we may not repeat historical mistakes that were already made. Oh, man. Man, that's a lesson for us all. From top to bottom, from left to right, that's a lesson right. for us all. I mean, it's it's. I think it's time to for a lot of people to curb their stubbornness and their inability to to take on challenges and and look at other people's opinions and try to formulate something that will better all. I mean, I'm not looking for a utilitarian society, but it it will help people if we do look at others um, more than we look at ourselves sometimes. Mm. You know, because everybody, I, I think I've heard you t say this um, that. 
a lot of people are going through, you know, you don't know what their struggles are. No, you don't. Right. So if, if we are open be a little bit vulnerable sometimes, which a lot of people don't want to do. No. Because we live in I'm hard. closed off world. Like, you know, ask for help if you need help. You know, I was really re- reluctant to ask for help. And then I did. And then, you know, in college, it helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. I need a tutor for this. Oh, what are they going to say if you got a tutor? I don't care what they say. I need help. What's the end state? Right. <laughs> Coach is just going like, uh, we need to spend some more extra time, you know, swinging that bat afterwards. You know, I think he can be a better hitter. Yeah. Well, I think I'm already there. No, I think he can be better. Yeah. Okay. I'll come and listen. Yeah. I went from a 330 hitter to a 430 hit, one hitter. By being Between, open-minded to criticism. To looking at things different. Mm. To swinging the balls that were thrown over my head to fix yeah. a problem. Like, what is this old man thinking? Why is this crazy guy thinking with this? Yeah. You know, this little lesson. Fixed. Fixed what I need. can't tell me I'm a scholarship athlete. What you talking about? Yeah. But he he fixed it. Right? Wow. So you step back and you're like, well, that person has something I need. I don't realize it yet. But I'm going to go through the motions. And then eventually, wow, it's going to make me a better person. Yeah. You know, as as a coach... My whole philosophy was, or, or and mission was to extract the full potential of athletes through extract details. Extract the full potential. Right? There it is. Extract full potential, EFP, whatever your EFP is, look at the details in life, figure out how to make the change, and then do it. Whether it's the mental game, the psychological aspect, or some type of like hindrance that you're putting on your physical nature, from hydration to sleep to stress to whatever it is. Right. If you're not looking at every single detail, you're not going to hit your full potential. Mm. And everybody has more to give at whatever age you're at. Right. It gets harder when we get older. I get it. Um, But we have to wake up and make the decisions every single day. And you can't do it by putting the screen in front of your face um, and losing time. Time management these days has been lost. A lot of Mm. people, how do they, how does this person accomplish so much? I don't think I've accomplished much. Right. I've spent more time in the mental like doldrums mm. than what I probably had success with as what other people see. Yeah. Right. Because that's life. There's, there's so much time that I feel like I've wasted. Yes. And I could accomplish a lot more than I've already eh, conceptually have done. Right. Um, so it's, it's interesting like to, to look, at all the details in my life and then try to figure out, okay, what else can I try to figure out? How can I do this? How can I do this? How can I make it better? Mm. Right? Maybe it's not better for me. Maybe it's better for someone else. That's, that's so key. You said that. Thank you for saying that. Maybe it's better for somebody else. I love that, man. Right. I mean, it's because that's the struggle. We get selfish. Like what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, what'd mom say? Those gifts aren't for you. Mm. Those gifts are for the people that you come in contact through your journey in life. And if you want to make an impact and have them as a friend upon departing this earth, pause, give of yourself, and you may, and maybe you won't, be fulfilled in ways that you can't imagine. Right? Man, that's good. And that's, that's what I feel like I've accomplished. Like, I still have struggles, you know, 
I haven't talked to my brother in two, since 2010. I got back from my trip. Three days later, you don't have a plan, get out. Mm-hmm. Hasn't talked to me. Wow, man. Right? I feel like I'm alone at some points, right? So, you know, that's one of those things. Like, sister went down her struggles. Brother, no father figure in. I kind of cut that off, which I probably should probably should go after. Yeah. Um, but it's just mom. Yeah. It's just just me and mom yeah. right now. And then my wife, which is good. So, you know, whatever whatever rock that you come out, you're flowing around, it's just kind of like don't sit in it. Try to find help. Try to look at the details and find that full potential that you want to find within yourself because it's there. I never thought it'd be me in the Navy. You heard that? He didn't even, like, this wasn't it. So it, being open-minded to things, though, and, and, and looking at, you said, all the details. Without overthinking, right? We don't want to, because over-analysis can't, over-analysis paralysis is a real thing where we overthink things to the point of not taking any action, right? But you didn't just look at small factors. You looked at all of the little factors. And when you're talking about extracting the full potential from the athletes, for some one, it might be like, dude, you need to sleep more. Yeah. Or, dude, you need to actually swing at those higher pitches. Or yeah. you, you need to, you know, everyone is different, but it's extracting their full potential. You weren't trying to make little mats. You weren't trying to make little minions or anything like that. You were just trying to extract their full potential. But you yourself even struggle. While you're out there trying to extract their full potential, you're not pu- potentially meeting yours. And that's just the journey and struggle of life. But I love that you said about time because time is the most valuable currency. Well, I, I won't say that valuable currency because it's the currency that we have in the day to day. But I love what Jim Carrey said: the effect you had told my coaching, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. I, I definitely agree with that. But as far as in day to day moments and transactions, time, man, time is just it, it, it's something. And I think about Bruce Lee. You think about thirty two years old, the man lived to be, but still making impacts. Because I'm talking about him right now. But a quote he said was: "If you love life, don't waste time. For time is what life is made up of." Um, and and just can't 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 not get that out of your head echo that in your head if you love life don't waste time for time is what life is made up of and if we're all honest we're wasting some time a lot of times uh, in, in our life no pun intended a lot of times we're wasting a lot of time <laughs> and it's, it's just the truth and we're not being the best us that we can be and the best you is different from the best cam is different from the best matt but are you seeking that and in that we're not going to be perfect but as you got gifts. Everyone does. Everyone has some things that you just are just good at that if you work at, you'll be better at. But if you don't fully embrace those or extract the full potential of those, you're not only robbing yourself, but those gifts ain't even for you, like your mama said. They for everybody else. And and, and that's that's something to maybe keep you you going in those times because somebody's missing out on you. Um, I don't know who that is. But to somebody, somebody's looking up to you, or maybe it's somebody that's not born yet. I don't know, but you just got to keep on embracing the moments by moments. And this is like somebody's like, dude, this dude is like talking happy talk. Okay, great. Now what the fuck do I do? I don't know. That's your situation. That's the journey of this whole thing. But there are some things that you shouldn't do, and I think you know what those things are too that are holding you back from reaching your full potential. So switch that shit up right now, whatever it is. And as he said, seeking help, there's nothing wrong with that. Whether it's a tutor or if it's a counselor or if it's a chaplain or if it's a friend or whatever it is. But, like, man, don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, It's okay not to be okay. But what's not okay is to get to the point of not being okay to where you take an irreversible action that leaves other people behind. 
to where you do think of hurting someone else or hurting yourself to the point where this is end. This is the end game of it all because that's where we don't want to go. So that's what's not okay. And if you stay in there too long, you might start thinking that those are good decisions, right? Um, and then kindness, man. Like we said it, man. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about, so be kind. And I didn't say that. Robin Williams didn't. Look how his life ended, right? So be kind to everyone you come across because you don't know what they're going through. And, and humans, man, we can't do this shit by ourselves. So just don't be selfish, man. Don't be selfish. Don't waste time because it's kind of selfish in the end because you're not being the best you and then that feeds on something else. And I'm getting a whole butterfly effect thing right now. So my tangent is going strong. But I'm just saying, man, it, the shit adds up. It, it really does. So to anybody out there is like, where do I go now? Where do I start now? There are tons of things that are going on wrong in the world. Go find one of those and fix it. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. Pick one. But there's a lot of stuff. But there's probably some stuff in your own house, in your own family, in your own neighborhood that probably needs some help. And then doing that might make you better, too. I, I don't know. That's just my two cents. but Or like seven cents. Yeah. It's well seven. worth the seven cents, Kev. <laughs> I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. But some tangible stuff, though. Some tangible stuff that Matt does. Or some tangible... What are some tangible things that throughout this entire journey that you've stayed true to? Some day-to-day, let's say, habits or, you know, I woke up at 5.15 every day. Or, or what, what are some tangible things that has been a consistent through line through your journey uh, to get where you are now? Which, by all accounts, in my opinion, uh, we all have different opinions, but I think you're successful as all get out. Because the knowledge you just dropped on this, man, wow. Holy shit. Like, wow. So I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, you just mentioned time. Time. Right. Here's the reason why people need to act now and, and not later. And it's because time is short. Time is short. And whether you believe it or not, if you, at a young age, time may seem long. But as you get older, time goes a lot faster. And it, it, you may not see it yet. But if you live to be 100, in the grand scheme of things, billions of years have gone by for this planet. 100 years, it's going to be a, a, a speck of time whenever you think about it. So if you want to make change and you want to look at your, you know, your goals or whatever you want to try to accomplish, the time is now to make action. Um, because time is short. A lot of us will probably experience some type of death, uh, whether it be a friend, family member, um, by the time they're 30 or 35, right? I mean, 32 is not that very long of a time period to live, right? There's, there's individuals, Nathan Hale made a very impactful, you know, uh, I mean, he wanted multiple, you know, times to serve, right? If we think about the quote that he had, um, and he died at a very young age, right? But I think he saw the world a little bit differently. Um, but whatever it is people are trying to figure out for their full potential, they need to act now because you don't know when that time is going to come. And it shouldn't by, it should never be by your own hands because then you're stealing the gifts that you should be able to give over the course of a longer period of time. I see time as the most valuable commodity that we live in and that we have. And if you don't believe me, I've had multiple people pass in my life and I look at their lives and I think, wow, did they do the best they could while they were here? Accidents took them out of my life. I had a friend fall off the north peak of the Maroon Bells at the age of 32. I had another friend die of uh, some, a kidney failure. I've had multiple friends that are, have died of cancer. And if you don't think that's real, it's going to happen. Mm. And it's going to happen to someone you know, and it probably has already, that your life 
is important and you don't know when it's going to be taken from you, right? I got a friend right now, Harvey Gold, that's, you know, battling cancer for the fourth time. Wow. Just hit remission. You had 30, 30 plus years in the United States Army. He's still going strong. Talked to him yesterday. He's been through so much more. I don't even feel like I've gone through the challenges that he's gone through in life. Um, but he's not going to quit. No. He's not going to give up. Why? Because he values time and he values that every decision that he makes, every single one, has to be positive. Because if we make negative ones, it's just like taking two steps back to our goal. And we need to be, te- we need to be stepping forward because the time is the most pre- precious commodity we have. Right. So what have I done since probably 2010? Routine. Routine. Routine, 100%. I love routines. Um, good nutritional choices to allow myself to have the most energy possible. Rid yourself of bad habits. If you think those bad habits are helping you, think again. And, and if, you, if you're using those bad habits to get out of the state of mind of emotional trauma, well, guess what? They just put you in a worse case. Take Ooh. it for someone who's avoided drugs and alcohol has hit, hit my entire life because my dad was engrossed in that. Yes. Killed my family. My brother said, no, you'll never do this. Well, 44 years of living in my mind of all the emotions and never hiding from them, I've gone through a lot of pain that I didn't hide from. I stepped at it, I stepped right into it, and found a way to improve my life. And that's why time's extremely important to like look at the routines and make the decisions that are right. Um, because you never know what you're going to accomplish in life. Some people can go down the bad habits and still have success. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're a lot more talented than I am. I've had to work for mine. <laughs> I, I don't did. think anybody is. They just make it look I, that I, good. I, you know, I did. I played, I played college baseball with some people that could have been pro, but they had bad habits in their lives that I believe kept them from actually oh, stepping to the next level. Got right? you. Yeah. You know, and it's just like – What's important about that? It's about time. It's about making the action now. Um, so, you know, I, I had good routines. I had good habits. I put myself around positive people. I didn't always, right, you know, to change the financial stuff. They, I, I, I grasp some mentors. If you, if you want to be successful financially, put yourself around highly educated individuals and take their annual income of those 10 friends that you surround yourself with and your trajectory for financial independence is, is down that way. I take that with the same thing that I want to do in everything in life. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. If I am I'm in the wrong room, <laughs> in the wrong room. right? I'm I mean, never in the wrong room. You never think about that until you feel like, Oh, wait a second. I'm not growing. It's time to get in the wrong, it's time to get in the other room. And I'm not trying to be arrogant there. No, no, I'm just perfect sense. You know, I'm just because you want to be challenged. But even if you feel like you're in the wrong, the right room, ask some different questions to trigger some individuals to challenge you. Because a little controversy every once in a while is not bad. Nah, it's just good. It's a little, it's a little bit of friction. Right. Yeah, that's where the growth is. That's, well, that's where the growth is. What was the most important thing when I run across the country? It's relationships. Relationships. Relationships are not easy. 
They're not easy with friends, family, loved ones. Probably one of the most challenging Shit, it's hard with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard enough enough dealing with me. Then you throw another person into it? Like, here we go. That's true. But, I mean, the routine was the biggest thing. Like, I love routines. I love the gym. That's where I get confidence. I get confidence from physical stuff. If I don't have that in my life, um, that was the trap. Yeah. Right? I knew that was the trap. If I don't stay strong physically, I will get lost in my mind. Mm. But I also have traps at the house. My wife's really good at like identifying these things for me. Yeah. Because I take, I take open and honest. You know, it may take me a while that's because beautiful. that's stubbornness. I'm, I'm still trying to get there, my friend. Right. But <laughs> you know, why no phones in the in, in the in the bedroom? Well, screen time. I need sleep. You know. Why no snacks or something if I'm going to go after some, like, athletic pursuits? Because I need to be 10 pounds lighter. Mm -hmm. Well, change the route to work so you don't stop at this place and eat. Mm -hmm. Right? It's choices. Yeah. I think I made, you know, in addition to the routine, I started making better choices. I also started actually talking to mentors a lot more. Talking to mentors. Talking to mentors. You know, that. I had a crutch when I was younger. I don't have a father figure in my life. I don't have a father figure in my life. What am I going to do? Uh, well, I started making them. That's, wow. Yes, 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 right? yes. And maybe they were my same age. Yes. Maybe they were individuals that were more emotionally mature um, because they, they had that development as a child. I, I think I was, I think I lost that development because of the divorce. Mm-hmm. With at a young age, and I never dealt with it until later in life, um, and I think that's why I kind of I got a little short sometimes because I just didn't have that. Um, but the biggest thing was just like put father figures in your life, right? Yeah. Um, put a mother figure in your life, have them both so they can actually like balance you out. It takes a village, man. It does. It takes it, a it, takes a village. It does. And if you try to do it by yourself, time's not on your side. No, yeah, that's so real. Time is not, and and there's a there's a sense of urgency um, that that I know for me uh, came over me when when I lost um, when my brother was killed a few years ago, and um, and just most recently uh, we were raised more like brother and sister, but she's my cousin. Um, we lived together, and she was murdered last year, and God rest his soul and his too. Um, but there was so much undone business and there was so much left and neither one of them knew that that was their last day right and then most recently i had a mentor of mine um used used to be our 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 commanding officer here the great 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 wolfie colonel de wolf um amazing human uh cancer got him right he just retired two years ago right now we were doing this change of command in the building right next to us right now yeah and and he was like um just an amazing, like I'm talking about Purple Heart, like combat deployment, combat deployment, just such a unselfish servant. But anybody he talked to, man, he was right there engaged with them, made them feel like the most important person there was. And he didn't always tell you what you wanted to hear, you know, but he was such a such a strong, resilient person in the sense that when I <clears throat> I heard that he had was, was terminally ill and I reached out to him and I was like, you know, I'm just some lowly rank that I am. And I was like, hey, sir. You know, I'm from Virginia, and, and he was living in Northern Virginia, and, and I said, is there anything we could do or anything like that? And, and he said, uh, 
I had to look at the message to see did he even know after this. He said, he said, hey, Cam, what's up, man? He said, man, if you're in D.C., we got to link up, man. He said, we got to link up. And I was like, what the? I'm looking at the phone like, does this, does, do I know? And he don't know. You know what I'm saying? And and, and he, <laughs> he, he uh, he's like, man, hey, you know, all things considered. And that's why I have it written right there on that book. So I see it all the time. All things considered, we're doing great. How are y'all? And he's terminally ill after sacrificing almost 30 years of his life for our nation, for our cause, being away from family, everything like that. And he has children. He has an awesome spouse, awesome kids, awesome family, just amazing human. And I just, man, it made me think of, you know, we're in Japan, the Miyamoto Musashi quote where he says that um, to hold it together when everyone understands if you fell apart. That's true strength. That's resilience. And he talked about the time. And that's why I, that's why I, I kind of go off on a tangent right here because resilience, and I'm, I'm quoting this from the APA article on resilience. It says, being resilient doesn't mean that a person won't experience difficulty or stress. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that you won't experience it. It means that when you do experience it, it doesn't keep, impair you to the point of no return. And when I think about that and not being impaired, how strong was he, right? How strong is, is, your, is your friend the fourth time now? going through this facing looking death in the face and being like all things considered i'm doing great and i'm over here like crying in the shower <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like it, the time there has to be a sense of urgency um and with these mentors like like matt saying it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be what it should be right we should have you know the the partridge family or the fucking you know Little house on the prairie type situation, but that's not the situation for a lot of us, right? That's not, and I don't think if we're honest, it's like that for anybody, really, right? Like what is normal anyway? And I love the Dr. Gabor Mate's book. I'm trying to read and 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 break down slowly, but the myth of normal. Like what the fuck is normal anyway, right? And it's on a spectrum. It's just what's the general norm, but that doesn't mean that's normal, right? So your your mother could be somebody else. Your motherly figure could be somebody else. Your brotherly figure, your only child. Well, you can't tell me if you're only child in sports or in the military or in any kind of service industry or something of that nature that you don't find brothers and sisters right to your left and your right that may not be blood related, but blood makes you related. Love makes you family. So just don't miss out on the opportunity to A, realize time is ticking, but also to embrace those mentors because i have a father i have a relationship with him but that colonel the wolf was a father figure to me you know and his example will forever be fatherly to me in the sense of whatever goes down i got to remember all things considered when we consider all things not just the muck that you're in right now not just in that shit storm that you're in right now but we consider all things <sighs> we're doing great <laughs> when you really consider all things you look at human history really look at a book look at the rapes and the atrocities and the pillaging and the just man just you talk about utilitarianism i mean killing other people for the sake of utilitarianism and so on and so on and so on and so on just atrocities throughout human history and not that long ago you know like it or not politically speaking or whatever like slavery existed in this country in this country right um there's been worse days and there'll probably be better ones and there might be some bad ones along the road too, but but this too shall pass. Oh, 100%. This too shall pass. I know I just went on a rant there. I just wanted to tie in where you talked about the resilience and, and, and the fact that the, the importance of time, man, is ticking against all of us, man. What are you doing with the time that you have right now? And and you might not be the best at whatever said thing you're going to go do, right? But are you going to be the worst? 
Probably not. So why not try it? Why not you? Why not me? Why not us? Why can't we? Right? Um, and that's how we evolve, and that's how we get to be the best versions of ourselves. And hopefully along the way, share those gifts that you have. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of us have talents that we, have, we don't even know about. No, you ain't even tapped into it. I, I heard Les Brown say one time the most the most wealthy place in the whole world. Fuck Fort Knox. Ain't no banks or nothing like that. Cemeteries. There's so many unsung not song songs not sung. So many poems not written. So much cre just creations not ever made. So many businesses that were never entrepreneurs. So, so many things untapped into because somebody was like, you know, I'm gonna do that shit later. You know what Matt's talking about? That's, that's some real shit. I've been thinking about bicycle. What's like? What kind of bicycle should I get? Should I get that one? Should I get the one with the pecs? And, the, and should I get the? Do I need to get those shoes where it put the? Oh man, it, it, should I get a Schwinn or should I get a? Uh, what 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 what? And you over here just delaying, delaying progress in yourself because you're over analysis paralysis. Obviously, make logical good decisions. I'm not telling you to just go out there and get on anything, but do something now and then figure it out. That's one thing we do learn in this here business that we're in. Seventy percent solutions go a long way because a perfect decision later might mean that we're dead but a good decision now might keep us alive oh yeah 100%. a good enough decision so 70 percent solution so don't don't overthink it folks like act now you ain't got to be perfect at it to try it but like you said you know i've talked a lot about just looking at things from the 360 degrees i think that's what you just covered with the the gratitude of history right um a lot of people feel like they're haunted just mentally day to day um however i think i'll be more haunted later if i don't try to extract my full potential of all the talent that i possibly could have mm. because if i die and there's those those talents just looking over me and haunting me why mm. didn't you allow me to get free why didn't you allow me to live because i could have changed that person's life and i could have changed that person's life i think about that a lot um which is kind of deep yeah, right. no, it's real, man. But it's it's one of those things like you you got to act now. You got to try. You got to listen to your mentors. I've got I got a really really good friend, Steve. I talk to him. I don't know. I text him any day I want, any yeah. time I want. Yep. Now he's seventy. You know, he's seventy years old. Um, far from a father figure I'd ever thought I'd have in my life. But him and his wife Debbie are really impactful. Um, and just find family where you can yes you know what I mean? for sure i mean it's but those those types of things cemetery wow right i mean you can't allow those talents to die with you at, a, at such a young age you gotta at least try and you at least gotta get them out um, it's coming yeah for all it is it's memento mori remember you will die and that's just a fact i'm not saying anybody to to make that come faster by any means but it's happening to all of us. We shall perish. This too shall pass. Yeah. So, I mean, but with all that stated, we got to live the best life we can. We got to right. go out. We got to try to create as many, many memories as we can. Um, you know, positive memories. I mean, there's a lot of people that just taking selfies and photos and trying to log it in. Yeah. Are you really enjoying the moment? Are you really in the moment? Are you in the moment for others? Yeah. Right. That uh, social media and stuff, I, I try to avoid um, because that gets me in a dark place mm -hmm. mentally, comparative itis, because all we're seeing is the positive of others. Mm. You're never seeing the negative. So you only think everything is just kind of like, oh, it's so, so good over there. How come it's not right here? Well, comparative itis is a problem. 
Man, it is. Get away from it. Go explore. Try to figure out, be in the moment, and, and see what you can be about. Because only then will you know what, what your full potential is. It's cool to be inspired and stuff, but what you see ain't always what's there, right? True. Like yesterday, for example, um, we took our little paddle boards out on the U Beach out here. Uh, we got this little tiny little beach out here. And it's, it's, it's tiny and shallow, uh, but I got a little toddler, and I have an adult child too, and then I have a teenager as well. So I got kids from all age ranges, and um, we're sitting on this paddle board, and it's funny you said this about the picture thing. I just laid on it, man, and my wife had the aura. She was kind of staring at us a little bit. Um, I just laid back on it, man. I ain't got no one picture from yesterday at the beach. I ain't got no one. The day before, I took tons of pictures of Father's Day and all that, and, but just didn't at all. And and I remember laying there going, man, this is something where they talk about stillness, and I was just laying on the water. I mean, I got a tattoo on my arm, be water, my friend. Like, water to me is everything. Being near the beach, being near the water is just was taking it in. We had argued earlier at some point you know we argue all the time whatever um it's just what it is this is life right but this one of these younger uh service members from out here she rode past and she was like that's life goals for me like um she looked at us on the powder board and it was my daughter uh my baby and then uh, and my wife and we're all on the powder board together uh-huh. and you're seeing that right there right but there's like jellyfish all around us I had just <laughs> dipped over the fucking thing and dropped the baby in the water oh. not long before that. Um, and then there was some arguments that ensued during the day, right? But in that moment, when she looked over, she's like, life goals, right? Uh, we could have posted that picture and been like, look at that on the paddleboard. But, like, there's so much behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And that's where that comparative-itis. Um, it's good to be inspired by things, right? You see something like, ah, that's a goal I want. You know, I want to be I want to have my best version of that or whatever that is. And I'm not downplaying any of that to be inspired by things, but the comparative itis to be like, I'm not successful because I'm not like him. And I'm like, man, you don't want to be like me. <laughs> I just almost drowned his baby. I'm just saying what you don't want to be in my head. Yeah, no, it, trust it, me. Uh, you know, so don't always see at the at face value and be like, I want to be exactly like that. Like look and focus on being your best you and what that is. And, I love that you said about the avoiding negative outlets and, and finding um, and feeling those feelings because, and I'm going to cite this article again on, on uh, building your resilience from the APA. It came out in 20, it's an older article, but um, it's called building your resilience from APA. Anybody who went to college, you know what APA means, all right? But American Psychological Association, but it says avoid negative outlets. It may be tempting to mask your pain with alcohol, drugs, or substances, but that's like putting a bandage on a deep wound. Focus instead on giving your body resources to manage stress rather than seeking to eliminate the feeling of stress altogether. That's it right there. Like the stress is there. Like even working out, exercising, like that soreness, all that kind of stuff. You broke your muscles down. Like the stress is is good. Stress gets a bad rap, man. Stress gets a bad rap, the word of it. But it's so fucking necessary in life. It's so it's so necessary to have stress. Like literally like astronauts that go out and orbit the whole world. And, and they, they orbit, they're outside of space for a while. When they get back and they get back off those little capsules, a lot of times they have to be helped to walk because they can't even walk because they've had no stress on their body, on their physical joints to be able to. And every day when you're walking, there's small little tiny fractures that are happening in your bones and stuff. That's good. That's why body motion stays in motion. We go on them capsule runs and we see those old people. You just hear a little bell. You see this old person like, man, you like a thousand how you walking right now but their peers of the same generation where we come from in our homeland 
are probably like all pilled up, thrilled up and sitting in some chair somewhere because the body in motion stays in motion, right? So embrace the pain as it comes. Don't be debilitated by it. If you feel like you are, then seek help, seek those mentors, seek whatever, but that community, that relationship, because, um, you know, just to go off on a side tangent real quick, I, I got that opportunity to where I'm going to now be going to, uh, to, to Northern Virginia to, to work on suicide prevention. Um, I got sought out. I didn't open that door. It opened for me, and I'm very blessed and thankful to be potentially working with and contributing to the team. But I had a friend of mine yesterday. He said, man, he was really sad because our orders got changed from California, and now we're going somewhere else. And, and we, one of the biggest pros was to be connected to him again. We, we came up in, in the Marines together. We was Iraq together. Just so much history. One of my best friends, brother, right? And But he said, um, he said, you know, man, don't get too far ahead of this, he said, because, you know, trying to help the cause, he said, because, like, no matter what pamphlet, basically, no matter what slogan was out there, he's like, man, if I didn't have you, if I didn't have Drew, if I didn't have Rex, I'd be just like those other statistics. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what people need to know is the relationships. And it's back full circle to what you were saying earlier, the relationships. Not not the negative outlets, not the drinking, not the selfies, not the self-comparisons, not the, oh, I want to be like this person or that person. No, 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 no. The relationships you have with those around you and the impact they're having on you. Because he, he said, I, I'd almost read off his text if I didn't want to violate our privacy and our friendship, but the essential, the, the gist of it was, if I didn't have y'all, I wouldn't be here. And that's, that's preventing suicide right there just being there for each other man uh before people get to that point of thinking there's no return um you can't you can't make that into a, a ditty you can't make that into an acronym you can't make that into some commercial that's just some time tested wisdom and knowledge that people need people man and those relationships and the ones that you should have i should have this relationship with my mom i should have this relationship with my daddy i should be talking to my brother and stuff like that well sometimes you're not so you got to find it somewhere else. But find it somewhere else healthfully. Don't just be out there, you know, just stand on a corner, right? But you could be standing underneath a, a, a tree a tree, looking for some shade. And you could find a friend that you'll eventually connect with in San Francisco. You never know until you try it, right? Um, I, I know I just went on a big tangent there, but relationships, relationships, relationships. No, I love it. I mean, you're packaging it up. I mean, it's everybody's going to have challenges. The successful non-successful depending on what that is the rich the poor uh any diversity whatever it may be right everybody's gonna have challenges in life um and if you think you're alone you're not you're not no because i guarantee the the leaders of our free world have had the same challenges that we've had mm -hmm. and, and people on other continents are going through the same thing why because we're all human yeah and when we all deal with the same things um and it's how we we counter those and what obstacles we put in the way, um, you know, are, are probably self, uh, self-driven, but we can find a way around them. And I guarantee it's a lot easier to stand on the shoulders of giants and move forward than it is to try to stand up and reach for yourself. Right. Man, that's so right. I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the people that have passed yeah. in my journey. Um, you know, when I was in college, I had a, I had a really good friend, uh, Derek, that their, their parents were like, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. Like, you're not, you know, you, you were playing a college 
sport. You're working two jobs because I didn't, I couldn't pay for the dorms. I didn't get free lodging, mm. right? Edu- the the tuition was paid for, but they're like, you're living in the dorms. You're playing a sport. You're working full time. You're you're trying to get dual a dual major. You, you, there's no way that this is going to happen. They reached out and they're like, listen, why don't you come live in our basement, right? Not wealthy people. Yeah. You know, Carla was dealing with cancer for like the third time. Mm. I'm there. I ended up staying with them for like two and a half years. Uh, very impactful. Um, she dies when I'm there. Um, you know, we're waiting for her body to get to remove, removed from the house. And it's just so emotional. Like my buddy just lost his mom. Right. And the lessons I learned on that, it's just kind of like, whoa. So we're all, we're all going through a lot of challenges. And then I look at my life and I'm like, wow, I'm very thankful that I had a place to stay Yeah. because I, I, I freed up time. I didn't have to work as much. Yeah. Right. They helped out. They gave a little bit. Um, three years later, Derek's father dies He's by himself. Right. So, you know, weekly, monthly, I reach out to him to make sure he knows he's has somebody. Yeah, for sure. Right. My wife's just like, how do you keep in touch with all these people? Sometimes it all it takes now is just a text, bro. What's up? Yes. What are you doing? How you yes. feeling? Yes. How's the kids? Right. That's it. Yeah. Right. Little pause. That keeps me out of the darkness sometimes. Just checking in with other people. Man, that's so true. Right. And I used to not do that. I used to be like, well, what's this relationship stuff? This is just a political game to try to network and, and do this and do that. That's not what it's about. Anymore, nah, man. man. You know, the only reason why those networks work is people care about one another, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, Derek's successful. He's lived past his dad's age where he had his heart condition, which is success to me. Grass Derek. Shout out to you, man. You know, Resilience. He's, he's watching the kids grow up. Um, and, you know, he went back to school. So, he's, you know, he's making it happen. And it's, it's, he's had struggles. So, you know, we've, we're all connected, whether we believe it or not in some way or another. Oh yes. And the more we can actually make those connections to learn the lessons from others so we don't have to repeat them. Mm. Oh man, life's going to be so much easier. You're talking about flowing with water or a leaf in the wind. If you want to if you want to be that and get to where you want and an upward slope, right? With yeah. with with growth. It's pretty easy the more we stay connected. Oh, for sure, man. And and pain shared to quote General Neller, pain shared is pain divided. Uh, so we're just better together. That's just what it is. Now, again, cho- hey, be careful who you choose for your team, right? You don't want to you don't want to have negative influences. But maybe you never had that person. Maybe you never had that father, that brother. Maybe you never had that Derek and Miss Carla. And then people reach out to you and take care of you. What if it's on you to be that to someone else? to be that leader that you always needed, be that friend that you always needed, be that father, be that mother, be that auntie, uncle, role, figure in someone else's life that you always needed. You know, sometimes bad leadership is the best example to learn from because you're like, you know what? I don't care what happens. I ain't going to be like you, right? I will not be like you. I mean, I'd argue, and I'm not trying to get too personal intrusive into your life, but had your father not had those struggles he had, and you got to see that live and in color and to live the results of, of falling 
into substance abuse and addiction, you could have experimented at some age, but somewhere in there, it sounds like from what I've been talking to you, that you're like, I'm not doing that shit. And your brother's like, we ain't doing that. That ain't us. We ain't doing that. And some reason that negative was a positive, was, was a motivating factor in, uh-uh, we're not fucking with that. We're not going down that road. Whereas if it wasn't an issue, maybe it could have been an issue. We don't know, right? Because not all addicts grew up in an addiction-filled home or anything like that. Not all. A lot do, right? But it's choices, like you said, because you'll have two children that come from a family that are filled with addictions or not, right? Raised in the same home, same DNA, same everything. One becomes a full-blown addict, overdoses and everything, and the other one is a absolute no alcohol, no drugs or anything, and they're like a counselor or something. You know what I mean? Like, and there's many different stories and, f f you know, variations to that story. But same, same, you know, nature, if you will, but the way they nurtured their life as themselves was totally different. Um, and that's where, back to your point, choices, choices. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think that that inflection point was... I'll hang my hat on gratitude, to be honest with you. I'm glad that happened. I'm 100% glad that it happened because I learned the lessons that are in an early age. And they weren't all sticking at the, right. at the point of, like, stay on this path because I made some decisions that weren't very good right. at a young age. I mean, I think we all do. We all experiment. We all try different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, obviously, my brother basically said, listen, we're going to walk this line and we're never going to deviate. You know how challenging that is to go through life, to play college sports, yeah. where that is like part of sports, where you, people are saying you're not going to fit in. Yeah. There's no way you're going to make it. There, yeah. You'll break. No problem. I, I, you know, I remember my first first day in college. I show up and I'm in the dorm room and the six foot six guy, 280 pound for first baseman, Chris Miller. I'll, I'll remember the day I die. Looks at me and he goes, "All right, freshman." You're going to go out tonight and we're going to get you fucked up. Yeah. And I was, I got up and I was a little like six foot one, 180 pound guy <laughs> looking up this hundred pound guy or, you know, he's just a big dude. Yeah. Right. I go, I don't think so. You're not going to fuck anybody up tonight. And if you ever step in, you know, my life and try to deviate my goals, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go toe to toe. And from that point on, he got my respect. Yeah. I got his respect. And it was weird because like 10 years later, I was in his wedding. Wow. Because he was just like, oh my gosh, don't make that. And then it was just like, oh, the guy's got some, some medical thing. He can't drink. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. this. He's yeah. got that. I was like, no, I just had values and I had morals and I had standards that I wanted to live my life on. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And it was just like, there's nothing wrong with, with what they were doing. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think those choices that I made are like at a young age, like, okay, all right, bro, we're going to do this. You want me to do this? I'll, I'll live it. Right. Um, it's not going to be easy because it hasn't. I've lost a lot of friends because I didn't go do what they did or, but you know, the moral of the story is just kind of like make a firm stance on something as long as it's positive. That's right. And your life will change for the better. Yeah. And it did. I believe so anyway. Uh, it seems to have been working out, right? And, and you know, don't hear us wrong. Nobody's a prohibitionist here. We're not trying to say illegally ban everything. I, I'm definitely not, right? Because without, you know, 
certain things, we wouldn't have certain things. And so teach their own on choices they make. But I do want to say is what you're doing bringing you closer to the person and the best person that you want to be or is it pushing you further if it's pushing you further in any bit of degrees it's making a negative difference in your life so maybe you need to cut that shit out as oftentimes especially in our culture sports culture or military culture or whatever well this is my stress relief this is what i do to take the edge off and i, I got a, i got a poem I, I read at open mics where it's like be careful what you use to take your edge off because it might lead to you taking your fucking head off because there's this there's a real thing of, you know, the drunk aside. A lot of times people, you know, hurt themselves or hurt others while they are intoxicated. And not only that, but there's also something called anxiety, which I learned is confirmed, but I always felt it myself, is the next day after a long night or weekend or binge session to where your emotions are so horribly just distorted, the chemicals in your brain. A lot of times people will, will choose death by suicide in those moments or have a suicide attempt uh, in, that, in that hangover state because it's like, uh, I'm drunk and I feel this way, or I'm sober and I feel this You're not really sober. You're just like all fucked up and impaired and stuff like that. So I guess the, I guess the filter is, uh, is this bringing you closer or pushing you further away? And your stress reliever, whatever it may be, it could be collecting stamps. It could be, um, I don't know, running too much and you run so often that you get into stress fractures and stuff like that. And maybe you need to cycle a little bit. Maybe you need to do some elliptical. Maybe you need to swim a little bit, incorporate some other things. But if your stress reliever is becoming a stress causer, check yourself, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. We all have our own thing. You know, I, I just, I get on my phone because of whatever. I want to leave stress. I want to tap. Is it becoming a stress causer? And I think that could be a, a healthy filter. But not doing it or not messing with these things isn't going to make you worse. I'll tell you that with full confidence. Not doing these things is not going to make you a worse person, right? Uh, the shame, the guilt. I told y'all, I've said this before, any suicide attempts or suicidal ideation, strong ones uh, I've ever had, uh, have been while intoxicated or the next day after. Um, that's That's been the thread through mine. So in four years of not having that in me, I haven't had those problems. So it's like, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Or as the great Colonel DeWolf was like, attack in a different direction. When he's going hey. to his treatment plan, he was like, we're just gonna attack in a different direction. <laughs> That's resilience, man. That's what the fuck it is, man. So just, the substance thing, man, be fucking careful. And then stand firm in what you do. And sometimes that's hard. Like, there, I, I've done that before at places. Like, nah, man, I'm on a medication. I can't, I can't do that right now. I, I, I can't. Because I don't, you know, the crowd I'm with is somebody I used to do certain things with. But then I also realized I leave parties early as shit now. Any of those social get-together, like, I just don't like them, man. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to be negative to nobody, but I fucking hate small talk. Like, I, I hate it. I, I, it fucking, argh. we're just like, oh, fucking sunny day, huh? Yeah, fucking sunny day. Well, shit's wild. Uh, uh, see the game. Like, fucking shut up. I can't stand it. What I want is what we've done right here. Like, but you can't just have that at a party. Nope. Unless, unless you're with certain people. So I tend to, uh, I've stayed at the party too long, many a day in my life. So now I just leave the party early. Um, usually when, and, and actually filter my sister, my little sister, she's a, she's a counselor. She works with people and she's amazing. And, uh, she said that recently that with drinking, that if she's somewhere, maybe she said it somewhere else. I don't know. It's good wisdom though. If, if I'm at a certain situation or, or, or a ceremony or something like that, once I start feeling the urge that I have to drink to feel good there, that's my cue to know I need to go. And I was like, damn, that's a pretty good filter, right? Like, you know. I mean, some people, social anxiety, you immediately get there. You feel like, I need to get the fuck out of here, right? I get that. I respect that. Um, 
But why are we putting ourselves in these situations? Is it because it's normal? Is it because it's, it's what everybody else does? Is what we're supposed to do? That don't mean that's what you got to do. Because my social interactions, to be honest, is stuff like what we're doing right now when we do open mics. And then when we go out and we do those castle runs and stuff, I get some cool conversation. I'm interacting with people. There's other elements going on. There's a physical side of it, damn near spiritual side of it when you're here in nature in the way you are. And nature's medicine. That's, a, that's, a social, that's my social life. It's stuff like that. Right, going to the gym, having a little small talk. Don't talk to me too long while I'm at the gym. I don't like that shit. But you know what I mean. If it were, <laughs> if you see me cooling down and stretching, let's talk. But uh, you get what I'm saying, though. Like it doesn't 100%. have to be. Well, we have to have this uh, cocktail party, and that's a social experience. I don't like that shit. I'd rather do like uh, Jim did with the, with the CFO on that episode of Office, and they just went in the backyard and shot shoot hoops. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather go do that um, to enjoy the time I have with you, have a conversation over just shooting free throws. I just that's just me everybody's different in that but i'm done with the mentality that this is how it has to be a social interaction has to be this fuck that it didn't have to be that it didn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be oh i 100 percent agree it doesn't have to be i mean when you look at life and you think about just this is a crazy analogy but uh a cookie's still sweet if it didn't come out of cookie cutter Ooh. Right, a cookie's still sweet. Even cause I made some ugly ass cookies before in my day. But yeah, but life still goes on, right? It's still, it's and and that, it, what you're looking at there is authentic, uh, you know, authenticity. Yes. Right. Real conversations come out when people are a little bit vulnerable. Yes. When when they when they go to these social interactions and it's 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 all just facade. Mm-hmm. You're not getting very deep. Right. Saw that in Bel Air. I saw that at the country club. Right. All these people were worried about what was the next deal. How can they get something for themselves instead of how can we how can we meet in the metal and both of us be happy? Right. I mean, authenticity and organic nature and conversation is very difficult to deal with these days because everybody sees like social interactions and maybe not everybody of what can I get from this person at this time? Yeah. Or, Or how could I display some type of power or like get some type of filament? of dopamine of like, I'm a little bit better than that person. It's true. Right. Those, those aren't real environments mm-hmm. and you want to put yourself around people that are real. Right. And if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Find a different place. There's what almost 8 billion people on the planet. Yeah. We're all yeah. not going to get a like, no. right. I mean, it's just find people that are like you that can build you up instead of tear you down because those situations if they are tearing you down or you get the perception that they are it's time to move on right so key so key and another thing too is don't get caught up in that what you said earlier like well i'm not like those people how do you know that how do you know that until you talk with them you know certain people from different you know classes or demographics and things like that where you want to cross that country that, that cross country thing i'm sure everybody there was not of the same economic status socioeconomic status of where you come from in kansas and they all didn't look like most of the people from wherever you're from right yeah. they were all different but how do you know that those aren't your type of people until you try it right yeah. some people don't even know they like the piano until they try it I, you know like you just don't know man and those healthy outlets those healthy outlets those healthy outlets like don't be afraid to try new things at least give it a shot right and, and we've talked about this before about like when it comes to counseling or when it comes to talking to a chaplain or seeking certain mentors um you cannot get strong off of one workout you cannot get healthy off of one meal no it's... one day of vitamins is not going to make you healthy right so going to one session 
of speaking to a counselor or a chaplain or meeting one time with one mentor. Like you said, the guy Steve, you could text him anytime. And oftentimes you do. It's a constant. It's a constant. You don't get to be going on the, what was it, 100 mile, what'd you call it? 100 mile ride or die? What was it? What was it called? The one, the one race you did? Oh, it was just a ride, but it was probably the, uh, Hotter than the Hell 100? Is that what I mentioned? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of them. No, so, no, no. It was the one you cited. They always got cool titles. The fir- shit, yeah, the first know? one. Yeah, they're, they're marketing. They're trying yeah, to pull it, you in. It's nothing. It's, it's <laughs> like <laughs> Valor Shield, <laughs> Steel Cloud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I, I love to be in the board meetings when they come up with these, yeah. these ideas for these names. But whether it's that or whatever, like, you got to do it more than once to be able to be prepared to do that race. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to just ride my bike today, and I'm now I'm a bicyclist. No, nah, man. And my point there is consistency, routine, reiteration, following up, doing it again. Don't just try it one time, whatever that thing may be, and be like, nah, this shit ain't for me. I mean, you talk about comedy, man. I got actually got on my YouTube page. Y'all can look it up. Coach Cam Campbell. I put it up there. I got it called Highlight Reel. Because my boy Rex, he, he was talking about highlight reel versus highlight reel. That's where I got it oh, from. Yeah, yeah. Was R E E, and I have a, a, a literally a video of me bombing and walking off stage in San Diego. I was like, Nah, y'all ain't listening. I'm out. And I was like, Man, I, I, I was so mad at that clip. I was so mad when I watched the video because I quit. I quit. I went and jokes weren't landing. Stuff wasn't working. I also went to a, a, a spot in San Diego like midnight while everybody was drunk already, and it wasn't really a place for said thing. So. They weren't hearing me. They was doing their own thing. But I, I quit. I didn't even go through all my material. I was like, y'all ain't listening. I'm done. But I keep that on my social media page as a reminder to anybody out there. There's highlight reel, and here's a, here's a clip of my dumbass quitting. I quit. I just said, all right, y'all have a good night, and walked off stage. I'll never fucking do that again. I will yeah. never feel that pain of not the pain of failing, not the pain of it hurt, but the pain of disappointment and regret Oof. in myself. Because like Saban said, man, whether you love him or hate him, man, there's that pain of discipline or that pain of disappointment. Which one do you want to feel? That's usually what it boils down to. And um, I've I got enough disappointment, you know, and regrets and, and things that I'm not proud of. So I don't want that pain. So I'd rather feel the pain of being uncomfortable, being a little disciplined, and just facing the fucking crowd and just taking it, taking it, taking it for what it is, and it'll be what it is. But it was honest, and it was real, and it was authentic. I like real. Yeah. Real. Yeah, well, there you, there you go. I mean, keeping it real with these people that are, are really trying to change themselves. It's just kind of like, don't live in the fear because I know how long it takes for people to change, like from a physiological standpoint, especially with adaptations for athletes. I mean, it's going to take a long time. Yes. It is going to take a long time to make any change that you want, and success doesn't come overnight. No, I mean, look not. at sports figures. Look at the individuals that put in the work to get results. But all we see is an instantaneous, oh, look, they got that. Yeah, that's not that's not happening, right? No. I mean, my first coach from the cycling is like, hey, it's going to take you seven years to get your cycling legs. I don't want it. I want it now. No, I want prime now. Right? But then I started focusing, okay, we'll put a plan in. I'm going to act on it, and every single day I'm going to get my ass to work, Yeah. and then I'm going to get my result, right? It took five years to get my cycling legs. It took five years to feel like I peaked and then I, then I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. I was getting older and I was just kind of like, and you know, doors started closing and I knew others were going to open and it was time to settle in, but I wasn't, wasn't scared to start the journey. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't scared to change and reformulate goals um, because of the changes that occurred. Um, but I just, I stuck with it. I mean, and that's a lot of people that you're talking about quit. Yes. Like they quit way too early. Yeah, man. And you they were just quit right there. You're almost there. Yeah. And they yeah. might quit on the, they might quit on them. I mean, they quit on themselves. Right. Um, no, that's the one thing I think I've never, never done. I haven't quit on myself. Um, I've wanted to, I think everybody wanted to, mm -hmm. uh, at some point. Uh, and there's good times where doors need to shut, uh, on some things. And I, I've quit those, but it's just kind of when you're moving forward with things, just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't, don't quit. quit. I love that you said that because it just triggered who actually said that to me. It was actually my sister, Trish. She's not my sister, but she's like a sister to my wife and I, a, a friend of my wife's from Philly. And she's a great friend of mine as well. But she, we were talking about drinking and we were talking about suicide and how we both have had challenges in that area. And she had texted me and she said that when she feels that urge to drink, she leaves the party. But the other thing, too, talking about relationships and quitting, I never heard somebody put it like this before. But she said that suicide is essentially, and, and she's had to give her gra herself grace and understanding over the recent years, but that suicide is essentially wanting to end the relationship with yourself, to quit on the relationship with yourself because you just can't handle yourself. And, and there's many definitions to it, but that really resonated with me because it was like, you don't even want this relationship to work anymore. And that relationship with yourself is so important to give yourself that grace to give yourself that kindness as much as you want to give it to others, but to be hard on yourself too. And to don't quit. Don't quit on that relationship with yourself because there's still farther to go. You look at any relationship, whether it's you and your wife in the beginning when y'all were just boyfriend and girlfriend and it was like, no, nah, get the student debt and we're going to grow in this way as individuals and then we're going to come together. And then in 2020, right, you guys got married? Yep. Like, there's a big path there. There's a big in-between, you know, of growth, of compromise, of understanding each other, of just so much building that relationship but not quitting on it not quitting on it you know what i mean and and to have a good relationship in the relationship that you described now not perfect none of them are right even none of the people that we talked about whether it's you or any of the people even like dr king look on him how imperfect that man was right um but i like that part of that because it was real and it was vulnerable and it was authentic and he wasn't a perfect man right but he still made a big difference in this world that we live in today and how we live in it but Nothing is perfect. It takes compromise. It takes work. But don't quit. Don't quit on that relationship with yourself, with others, with, with the relationship with you and cycling. Like it's relationships, relationships with this said thing and to keep growing and taking the hits, but keep moving forward. Oh, like, yeah. like old Stallone, right? Hey, biology you hit, biology you can get hit, and keep moving forward. That's it. You got to keep moving forward. I mean, 2014, 21 days across the country on a fixed gear bike. That was my motto for moving forward. Today, you will pick up yourself and you will move forward. Right? I leave with eight and a half pounds of gear, riding a 4816, which is kind of tough gear mm -hmm. to ride in the mountains. And I was just like, okay, you're going to get across the country as quickly as possible. Um, Self contained, no support. See what you're made of. Right. Just whatever you do, don't quit. And it was just like every single day I woke up in a different place, surrounded by different people, different environments, different temperatures. Everything was different. But I told myself I'm not going to quit. There was times on there uh, that I physically wanted to quit. Mentally, I wanted to quit. I woke in. I woke up in places. It was five degrees. I wasn't prepared. 
it sucked. My fr- water froze. I had to I had to cycle like fifty miles to get down to a convenience store just to thaw out my water, like physically wrecked. <laughs> oh my god! I, and I, but I'm just thinking, okay, what is the simple thing that you thought about whenever you left? Keep moving forward mm-hmm. and don't quit, right? You're going to grow from this. Not sure how because it sucks. I'm in the, I'm in the pain and I'm just kind of like oh. I'm lonely. What am I doing this for? I don't need to be out here. Uh, something good is going to come from it. Yeah. Right. Just don't quit. And like, I found that when I planned it, and then I act upon it, and I stuck to the motto, and whatever it was, right? It was an intrinsic value. When I coached athletes over the years, I like to like sit down, put your goals down, smart goals. Right, specific, measurable, attainable, right. realistic, and time-based. Yeah. If they're not like that, it's just a desire. And mm. if they're if you don't have smart goals set, those are just going to be desires. And then what happens? Time just passes. You know, I wish I could have done. Oh, man, I thought about that ten years ago, mm. but it never happened. Mm-hmm. It never happened. Right. So you plan it, and then you don't act upon it. You're never going to get to where you want to be in life. No. Right. So it's, and there were struggles, man. I mean, there were some times, and I was trying to, I was doing this competition too, so there's a little intrinsic motivators, right? So I'd have my athletes write all their SMART goals down, and then I'd put a white piece of paper in front of them and say, okay, I can't be there every single day. I can't. What intrinsically, what inside you is going to get you out of bed to work towards that goal the next day, the next minute? the next half hour right because that is the most important that's the why Mm -hmm. that's the why you were doing something to try to get someplace um and then i you know i found myself across the country i ended up best in this challenge on strava ended up riding 4563 miles that month that month never in my bloodiest physiological like trained mind i would think why am i doing this Mm -hmm. well i wanted to check the physiological limitations that I could actually put on my body. Your limitations. My limitations. Your potential. Have I found them yet? I don't know. Yeah. Right? Could I done could I could I look back and could I change some details that could have been better? Well, I don't know. I'm not thirty anymore. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not thirty four or thirty three whenever I did it. Now I'm ten years older. Could I go back and do it? Probably not the same way. Mm-hmm. But I could probably get close. Yeah. By changing some details. Right. So it's, it's one of those things I didn't quit. I won't quit. And it's just like, you got to be smart about it. And if you're not, if you, you don't, if you don't feel like you have the tools, find the tools, find them. Right. I mean, there's no point in just taking a square peg into a round hole. It's not going to work. You know, find the sander. Fine. Get it changed. <laughs> Fill in the gaps. Get some sand on the make 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 the adjustments needed so you so you're not forced to quit. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know what I could have done. Um, you know, I was, I was disappointed. There was one very di- big disappointment, like in, in my endurance career, that I was just like, okay, I, I could I could make a name for myself because I never feel like, oh, you never got to, you never not got the the light, right. Um, in 2017, um, there was a race that was put on in Russia to ride across Russia. 
Red Bull was putting it on. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I put my name in the hat and I got, I got picked to go, but I needed to raise a bunch of money and I didn't raise the money to go. Um, and then I got all disappointed and I was like, ah, I want to do this race. And then they picked, they picked someone else, um, to, to fund it. Or, well, all the sponsors funded someone else basically. And I was all disappointed. I don't know where I'm going with this at all, but oh, the, the point was just kind of like, sounds like a value to me. I'm probably not going to quit. Right. Because there's one of these times, like, you know, I, I made a big change in 2020 to focus on my career, focus on my wife and my relationship and took two years more or less off from riding, mm-hmm. which is huge for me because that's like my, that's my grounding. Yeah. Um, and I'm putting goals out there. Right. Because I'm not going to quit. Right. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like sometimes in life, you just got to take a pause, focus on other things yeah, and grow, get those things smoothed out. And then you can focus on other things. It's just going to these ebb and flow. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to have do have done that if I was living in fear of not trying to accomplish those goals, because there are some things in life that I really want to try to go after. Um, if it happens, good. If it doesn't, no big deal because I got a hell of a lot of gratitude for where I am right now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't trade my wife for anything. That's awesome, man. Not another bike ride. Yeah. That's no awesome, man. No way. That's so, awesome. I don't know where I was going with that. No, but, but it's it, it's real though, and and how priorities change. But it's it's to the to the essence, in my opinion, of there's some there's a valley right there, and you you get back up, and you adjust, and you attack in a different direction, and. It's being water. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah, water, yeah. my friend. Yeah. And the water can flow or it can crash. It goes into a cup and becomes the cup, right? But it's always gonna go around everything and it's gonna it's gonna get to where it needs to go. And and maybe you know what? Sometimes the stream changes that it's in, the body of water that it's in, you know, that actually it's in the ocean, it's in a bay, it's in a whatever. And maybe now this is in and metaphorically is now you're in this bay type type frame. And there'll be a time for it to flood back out to the ocean, you know. Yeah. that's that's the beauty of life but whatever you're doing you're trying to be the best you were seeking to be the the red bull sponsored you know ru- yeah. to do the race in russia well you're trying to be the best at that well now it's like i'm going to try to be the best husband i am i'm going to be try to be the best naval officer i i am and to me it's just the essence of being resilient and whatever it is because it's being able to flow with whatever life is throwing at you I think it, it definitely serves a point and, and shows the spectrum of, of how you apply this throughout this whole entire journey of life. And not one point in here did I ever hear you speak on when I got to this point, like as far as the destination, as far as this location. Not one time. I think you cited San Francisco. You met up with a guy, right? Uh, you talked about L.A., right? But never no in-state. And my point there is it was what's poetic almost about the way you live your life is you're never focused on so much the destination as it seems to be that you're embracing the journey along the way. And I know that sounds, somebody's going to go, that's fucking corny. I think it's real. And I think it's, it's an example because for you to feel as gratitude, as, as much gratitude as you feel, to feel as grateful as you are, to not have this, the regrets, to be where you are. There's probably some place we all want to take back, right? But you embrace being where you are now and being the best you can now and that's embracing the journey and there's many people that get to the destinations and that's the most depressing point for them because they're like what now what now i mean the great uh fighter uh oh my god i can't believe i think of his name deontay wilder and tyson fury tyson fury if you if anybody listens to him and reads on him 
when he was suicidal and when he got to a point of darkness was after he beat Vitaly Klitschko. And he was like, what now? I reached, I, I did my goal. What now, right? And that's a scary place to be sometimes. But what's beautiful about what your story is so far in life is you're never really there. There's never, I never heard you once say, I was there. There was never a so what. It's like, now what? Now what? Now what's next? And what's the thing? And that's an example. Um, that's not to kiss up to you or anything like that. I just think it's a really cool tie-in to the theme of don't focus on the destination. Focus on the journey and the day-by-day, you know. What, what Miley Cyrus, it's the climb. You know, my little girl used to play that song so good. Oh, man, that song got my nerves. But the message of it is beautiful. Like, it's the climb. It's the climb of life. It's never getting to the top. Yeah, I, I think if we continue to to press forward, I mean, I, I want to live my life just doing the best I possibly can and then just take me off the planet, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like natural you know, means whatever's going to take me away from life. Um, I want that to happen, but I'm going to live it the fullest I possibly can. You know, the, I, I don't think it's a cliche. I mean, a lot of people probably see it that way, but they haven't been in my head. They haven't been in the athlete's head that I've coached of like this post-race depression, post-event depression, because, you know, if, if Fury was dealing with that after that fight, I mean, it's not surprising, right? Yeah. You lead up to this expectation and it's just like, oh, now what? Now what? Well, there's never a now. It's, it's the now. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Right? I mean, we live in a beautiful country here in Japan. I'm very you know, grateful for having this opportunity. But, you know, the, the societies live a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are after serenity versus happiness. True. I mean, they, they have a very beautiful country, and they look at all the little details to keep it beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's it's as small as just making sure that the trash is picked out in front of their stores. And you can do that by not putting trash cans places because I've noticed that to be a trend. But I'm just saying (laughs) that that too. But we've got trash cans here on base and it's just kind of like we still bring our American ways all the way on the other side of the country. Right. So it's it's. It's looking at things differently. It's it's trying to em- embrace the now always, and I've lived in that post race d- depression, or, or or oh yeah, we took second, we didn't make it to the series, we didn't do this, and it always would end. But there would always be something something to look forward to, mm-hmm. right? In sports, it's easy. You got another season, right? Okay. We're going to be sad a little bit here. We're going to be a little depressed because we didn't make it. But sit in it, get out of it, move on. There, there's more to life than that. And, you know, just because you're not part of some type of structured, you know, sport or event, whatever it may be, create it. If you're struggling with that, right? Create it. I mean, we love in a so. I don't know, we don't work with our hands as much as we used to. There's a lot of things that we could change. It's like create your own destiny, more or less. I mean, some people could say that's a cliche too, but I've seen people that have chased their dreams to the end and still not be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Okay. One Olympic sport didn't work, so they tried another. They weren't happy. So they tried another. Mm -hmm. And they still weren't happy. Mm -hmm. Right. There is no end. There is only now. And if we live in the present and we li- enjoy the moment with the highest gratitude possible, it, it's, it's where you can actually thrive in life. Yes. So 
one of the things when I was when I was dating, I thought this was super cool. Like I, I don't know who I don't know who I stole this from, but I stole it mm-hmm. because I like to steal things, ideas from people because maybe no idea is, a, is an original idea. I don't know, <laughs> right? Hmm. Let's ponder that one for a bit. Um, if you really want to truly be in the moment, have someone else be your eyes. Cam, uh, your relationship, your wife, how mm-hmm. long? Almost 20 years. 20 years? Yeah, 20 years. Take her to the park. Sit her down in the park. Go down to, to what, what's the, uh, Kintai Bridge. Mm-hmm. Go, sit, go sit down there on like a Saturday and be like, listen, I'm going to, I want you to cover your eyes real quick and I'm going to bring you into the moment. And then you, what you see, you just explain in detail of what's going on around her, what you see and how you're perceiving it and be her eyes because I guarantee that'll put her in the now. And if you want to do that in life by yourself, that is one of the most wonderful experiences in the world to see every single thing and every single detail that's coming on. Right. I'm driving to work. I'm riding my bike and I look at these little kids that are walking to school that are six years old wearing yellow. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking about their future of, wow, this little kid's walking like a mile to, to yeah, man. by themselves. It's, yes, by themselves. It's crazy. It's yeah. just, I'm just thinking of what they're taking in. Right. One little kid stopped the other day and looked at bugs. That's just what he did. He's living the now. Yeah, yeah. Adults don't do that. No, nah, man, we do not. We don't do it enough. Why? Because we're living in the past or we're living in the future because we're thinking about tomorrow and not thinking about to now. It's true. Right? So I did that a lot uh, when I was dating and I was just trying to connect with people, right? That's to take shit. people yeah. and try to bring them out of the future or the past and put them in the now because that's what I got to experience when I rode across the country twice. You smell it. You, you see it, you hear it, and you use all those senses to really put yourself in the moment, then then you'll really see life in a whole different world. I love it, man. I, man, that is some brilliant, brilliant. Just Yeah, so try that with your wife. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it because that, that sounds like – that sounds deep and good. And, and to the point on cliché – Shout out Rex, who made that opening track right there, my man Rex. He had said, well, I was talking to him when I was recently in San Diego, we were talking, and he's like, man, you know why they call it, you know why this stuff's cliche, right? And I was like, huh? I don't know. Because I was saying it a few times, it's cliche, you know? And he's like, because it's true. Something wouldn't become cliche if it wasn't true. Like, as soon as you say some dumb shit, somebody be like, don't ever say that shit again. You never say it again, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid. Don't say that again. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I was stupid. Sorry, I'll never say that again. But when the fact that we say it again and again and again and again and again reflects the truth in it. Uh, so it's it's not such a bad thing. Like, you yeah, know, it doesn't no pain, have- no gain is, is, is real. There's no pain. There's no gain. Like, it's just real. Like, usually things that you're proud of, if you look back on your life, there's no sweatless solution. I like, I like, uh, I think Jocko said that, um, but there's no yeah. sweatless solution. And I dig on all you endurance athletes. I think it's amazing. I haven't tried it myself, but I have a, a good friend of mine, Mark Allen. He does it and he says, man, you just tap into another part of your brain. I listen to Rich Roll a lot. Obviously we all you just, 
now that we obviously Goggins, right? Oh um, yeah. But I I do see that there's a beauty in the in the suffering and the struggle. Um, and J Cole on Love Yours talk about gratitude. The whole song about gratitude. He says there's beauty in the struggle. There's ugliness in the success. And and it's it's true there. Um, but I I do agree with Goggins on one line. If 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 anything, if nothing else, is to grow we must suffer. Now that doesn't mean be a masochist and to the point of death or anything like that. But there has to be some suffering. There has to be some friction. There has to be some callousing that occurs. Um, and I, I just, I think it's a, a, almost a law of nature at this point in life, right? And if you're not, if you're getting high reward, not a big investment of effort, it's probably not something good. Go down the list of things that give you a high reward and not a lot of effort of put in. Um, just go down the list of what those type of outlets may be, and I guarantee they will eventually be destructive to you. But well, yeah, and I would I would challenge those people to look at utility, which isn't economics; it's the measure of happiness. How happy are you when you get high reward with no work, versus a lot of work and a little reward at the end? Just not right. That's that's the journey that people speak about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoy I, I enjoy the training part. I don't like events. <laughs> I don't like them at all because they end. Yeah, the training never ends. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So I always told my friends that were, you know, made it to the professional ranks of like, I was a great training partner. I was never a good comp, you know, competitor mm -hmm. because the competition from my college days, it always end. Yeah. I don't want it to end. Right. And I'm going to live my life like that because you know what? Success is what I make of it. It's not what someone else sees. If no. you want to, if you want to judge me, that's fine. That's, that's, that's on you, but I'm just going to live to be the best I possibly can be and that's it. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Those, those cliches and those terms that people use, um, because you're right. It is real. It's not real. It's true. So it's true. It's true. It's true. It's the climb, but also be grateful for what you got right now and who you got right now around you. Cause you're going to miss this. Like Trace Atkins said, and that's a, that's a fact right there. Like, that, that song sitting in this room right now, we sung this song many a time where it was like open mic slash karaoke. I don't know what it turns into sometimes, but um, that, that song right there, I don't care if you like country music. I don't care if you like hip hop. Listen to Love Yours. And if you, I don't care if you like country music or not, listen to You're Gonna Miss This by Trace Atkins because that right there is so true. And that's a further incentive to be in the now and to appreciate what you have and what you're going through right now because you're gonna miss this, you know, right there. I'm not a good singer, but I tried. Um, I don't well. even try. <laughs> I'm glad you try. You can, you can keep trying that. I'll, I'll, keep trying. I'll pass on that. He, he said it's, he said it take more to, more than one try. He said take more than two. I'm gonna just keep singing and keep until it sounds good. Um, but brother, man, this has been amazing. Uh, just interacting with you, getting to know you. This, you know, and a few times I met you, I'm like, I want to talk to that guy, but like, I don't want to just be like, so what do you think about the weather? I want to talk <laughs> like this. And it just happened to organically come out and, and, and grow into this, because thank you to Lindsay, one of the most amazing humans I've ever known. Uh, and then we, we reached out to each other and we, we set this up on on Liberty time right now. We should be, uh, most of us, most of our peers and colleagues, and include me right now if I wasn't sitting here, probably sleeping in right now and shit, but we're not. We're up here uh, getting to know each other, and I just appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing, man. And um, on that, is there anything you want to leave the, the audience with or anybody out there listening might be struggling or like, hey, I'm going to pursue this goal win or wh whatever you want to leave them with, man? 
I'm not gonna leave the witness. No, I, I, one, I appreciate your time. I Always. mean, especially, I mean, yeah, we're we're sitting here on a 96 on the back end. I could be riding my bike, exploring new things in Japan, but um, after talking with Lindsay and kind of what I've gone through, I can go through a, a, a lot more rabbit holes with stories and lessons that I've learned over the time. Um, so, I, Cam, I, I truly appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, man. Um, the resource we have, I love it, man. As, as far as what I can leave people with, be authentic to your true self of what you want to try to accomplish in life. That's it. If you want to do it, don't quit. Go after it because it's it's right there. I don't care what ethnicity you are, what diversity, you know, card you're playing that that's trying to hold you down. Just just get in the now. Get in the now. Get in the now. Figure out where you want to go. Benchmark where you are. Figure out some progression to get there. And ask for help along the damn way. Yeah, don't be too because proud. Because if, yeah, if you're too proud, guess what? You delayed potentially a year or two or five or ten to try to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not, change mm -hmm. and head in a different direction because there's other goals that you can try to, try to accomplish. And basically live life to the fullest. Learn from the past. Plan for the future. But most importantly, live in the now. I love it, man. I love it. Hey, uh, this has been real. This has been a real, real, real resilience talk podcast. Takeaways. All right, takeaways. I had to write them down. Psycho Cybernetics by Maltz. Got to check that out. Keyword PA. I'm going to go ahead and coin it for him. Plan, act, hope. Peaceful Warrior. It's a good book, good movie. Do we got to watch the movie to get the book, or can we read the book, or is it one of those? Vice versa. Okay, vice versa. So I know everybody's going to now go download and watch the movie, Peaceful Warrior. And then ETP, man, ETP, EFP, I'm sorry, EFP, Extract Full Potential and Act Now. And as Matt said, man, keep moving forward and don't quit. Keep moving forward and don't quit. Um, this life is short, man. Time is ticking. It's going to get us all. So... In that spirit, and like I always like to close, man, number one, we're only sponsored. No, we're not sponsored. We're inspired by the First Amendment, and that's why we're here right now, expressing our freedoms to express ourselves. So thank you for that, and thank you for those who support and defend that. But also, we are sponsored by nobody. This song is called Second Wins by Monchichi Rex to my great brother, Rex, who said a lot of good things. I quoted him all tonight. Uh, real, highlight real uh, this morning. I don't even know what time of the day it is. Look, we feeling it. We vibing. Second wins, y'all. Thank you. No matter what's going on, good or bad, just remember, this too shall pass. Make good choices.